Fucking boxing freaks, welcome to uh, Ruckus Boxing Cipher episode 19, Brian. I believe it's 19. Nineteen, and we're a little bit more advanced now. I got B-Ray in the motherfucking house via FaceTime, so I'm able to see this ugly motherfucker. I got B-Ray in the motherfucking house. I was born going on, B-Man? What you been up to? Oh, nothing much. Just chilling on my day off. Day off today? What, what about you, man? How was your, uh, was your time yesterday? Yesterday? Well, if you're talking about my experience <laughs> as a as a media, uh, well, how can I say it? As a part of the media for the boxing cipher for the Canelo Alvarez Triple G, it was very great. Now, if you're going to ask me as a as Ruggis, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? It was it was awesome. It was really it was a great uh, great experience to be out there. Uh, people who don't know and who follow us on Instagram, they know what we're talking about. People who only listen to the show. Um, last night, I was invited uh, by Salsa Soya, which is our cousin, to attend the Canelo Alvarez Triple G press conference that was held at uh, LA Live. Uh, it was a VIP access. Uh, I posted photos, videos all day at the press conference. It was great. Um, I was talking to you before the show, Brian, and I was telling you how uh, I felt like a small fish in a big pond. I saw I saw the guy who does uh, ESPN Deportes, the one guy oh, that you really? like, the one guy you like. I saw him. That the guy who's very uh, opinionated. He always says it. That guy, yeah, that guy exactly. Uh, I saw him. I saw uh, uh, Bernardo Suna. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of guys. Tevesteca uh, was there. Telemundo, Fox Eleven. KTLA, uh, a lot of anchors were out there to, to for that fight, and a lot of podcasters. I did see Ellie Setback from ES News there. I bumped yeah, into uh, I bumped into uh, oh my god, I forget uh, Nestor Gibbs. No, that's not Nestor Gibbs. Oh my god, I forget Matt Matt the Hipster Hunter. I'm sorry if he hears the show. I'm sorry I butchered your name. I do remember you, and me and him chatted it up. I'll talk about that bit. Uh, other than that, the, sh- the press conference is great for being my first time there. I told you, uh, first time, I don't know what to do. Uh, luckily, uh, Salsa Soya is a, uh, is a movie, is a movie, is a TV producer, so she knows what to do. She knows where to go, how to act. I feel if I go back again for another press conference, I'm going to be a little bit more better. I adapted to the environment. By the end of the, by the, end of the press conference, I was a little bit more chatty, more into like, oh, let me talk to the boxer. But I was already to the end. I mean, by there I was a little boy, like in a candy shop. Like, oh, I was a little boy, in the in a back end rental movie, and you're in the porn section. And you're like, oh my god, a lot of porn is here. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So that's how I was. But uh, it was great, man. Uh, 
a great atmosphere. Uh, I, again, this is my first time, so I'm going to probably overstay. It's like, oh, my God, it was great. It was great. Again, this is my first time at a press conference for boxing. You know, we've seen it on TV. We've seen it on YouTube, on Instagram. But being there is way different from watching it. And the experience is great. And, um, again, uh, I'd like to thank Salsa Soya for giving me the access to go there. You know, uh, they pay for my Uber. So she works for a local uh, Southern California network. We both know, but we will not name because technically, quote unquote, I was not supposed to be there. Yeah, <laughs> I was the boxing. Yeah. I was the boxing consultant for the network that they didn't even know that they had someone there. So um, it was a great experience, like I said. Um, it, damn, I lost my train of thought. I was the. What was I? I forgot what I was I trying to say right now. I'm fucking. I mean, well, I mean, you, you were, you know, again, you were like a kid in there, man. So, I was a kid in a porn shop. Exactly. I was so. a kid in a no, fucking I, I, porn shop. <laughs> but no, it was it was a great experience, Brian. I I I I, I text you while I was there, and I go, I wish you were here with me because I think me and you would have been fanboys. Just and I, I know people are like you were a fanboy because you met Ellie Setback, motherfucker. Uh, I, I told them personally, uh, him and Matt, Matt the Hipster Hunter. I told them you guys are the reason why I do the show nowadays because mm-hmm. you guys motivated. I would have loved to have met Boxing Eagle, but I don't think he was there. I didn't see him. And from I his, don't think so. From his post, yeah, he wasn't there now. But, no, it was great. Uh, I saw Oscar. I saw Chepo, Eddie, Canelo, Abel Sanchez, Todd, uh, Todd Buff, uh, Michael Buffer, Triple G. A lot of the faces you see ringside for the fight, you, I saw all those guys there. Um, yeah, I, I saw that you met uh, Gabe Rosado, too. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Middleweight contender Gabe Rosado was there. He seemed, he seemed like a chill guy. Yeah, real chill guy. Uh, Joseph Jojo Diaz from Southern from South El Monte was yeah. there. A lot of fighters were there in attendance. I didn't get a chance to see them all, but... Um, I remember uh, you told me you really wanted to talk to De La Hoya. Oh, hell yeah. So, okay, so let me rewind back. Let me give you the story of what happened. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sasa Soya told me... Would I like to go to the press conference? I said, fuck yeah, right away. So she told me that there's going to be free food and they're going to probably offer alcohol. So the network she works for told Golden Boy Promotions, which they were using, I forgot, a subcontractor to do the whole thing for them, sent us uh, a gift card for Uber. So Uber was going to pick me up, drop me off to the event, and when I'm done, they would drop me back home. So uh, as soon as I found out, I got my shirt, I got there, I got the press pass, and we get there, and as soon as you get there, you saw the picture that I was posting. Like this is the media out media room, mm-hmm. so the line, yeah, I media line. 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 So there's a bunch of like tight ropes, hold not tight ropes, but like uh, what are they called? Just like those little ropes when you go in the club and tell you can enter, not enter. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I, I, I get you get what I'm saying. So they have that dividing, and in the bottom, the, like, the they, security lines, like security, thank you, security lines. So on the security lines and the bottom of the floor, you had pieces of paper that says ESPN Deportes, Fox Deportes. KTLA, Fox 11, uh, various news outlets. So this is where you have to stand for the carpet while the fighters make their way and the publicist will tell you, oh, you know, uh, Canelo, I need you to speak to so-and-so and they'll ask you the question. So we were, we were there and um, we got there. We got there a little early. So we went upstairs, got some food, got some soda, and we came back down. It's already packed. And I'm only carrying my phone my iPod. Uh, Sasa is only carrying a notepad because she's an old school reporter, so she's like on yeah. the beat, and she's like, to, "Hold on, I'm gonna disconnect this real quick because it's starting to get my nerves." Hold on, sorry, folks, for the noise that's probably gonna happen. There you go. So I didn't care for too much this headset. I don't like headsets. Fuck it. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yes. So, so how it was then? Uh, we get there and this cunt bitch uh, storms in, going, "Excuse me, excuse me." She's from a Southern California news outlet. I'm not gonna name any names, but she's a talentless cunt bitch who does a sports report, uh, who who thinks she knows sports but actually doesn't know shit. Um, yeah. She was bossing everybody around to move, and where she was standing, I guess the paper was this network and this network have to share the lane. So Sasa Soya was going and trying to fit in, and she's like, excuse me, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, I'm trying to get in here because I got an interview. What network are you from? And blah, blah, blah. And Sasa Soya's like, I'm from this network. Well, we're not in the same network, so I'm not going to budge for you because I need camera time. Do you have a camera? And she's like, no. Do you, why are you here? And Sasa Soya trying to be nice because technically we're not supposed to be there. We're not supposed to be there. Technically, the network does not know we're there. Yeah. So... So I told her, hey, you know what, chill out. As long as I can get pictures and I can get audio of these guys, that's all I need for the show. Because uh, I believe me, guys, I would wish to give you guys the audio from the recordings. But basically, all the stuff that I'm going to put, you guys have already heard on Boxing Ego, Fight Hype, every other news outlet right now. I'm not giving you no exclusive that you haven't already heard or read already. So just making that right now clear for the this show. This is like, yeah, this is kind of like when, I guess, when, uh, like, when they do the red carpet, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Like, you were... Behind the line as they were coming in. Yeah, and you're like, Canelo, Canelo! Technically, the net. So, technically, uh, Sasa Soya knew that I like boxing, and, you know, she's a big fan of our show for the, ruck, for the Ruckus Boxing Cypher and mm-hmm. Rhyming Alcoholics. So, she's like, you know what? This is a great opportunity for you to meet other reporters, other podcasters, other bloggers, and hopefully, maybe you guys can interact. Do you want to yeah. go? And I said, yeah, fuck it, we'll go. Oh, we'll go. I mean, I go. So, I went. But going back to the story, so this bitch bossed, uh, pushed, pushed off Hasa Soya. I told her, you know, hey, and I said it loud enough. I go, you know what? Fuck this bitch. She's a talentless cunt anyways. And um, I guess I guess it was starting to get uncomfortable there that the PR comes over and says, I'm so really sorry about this. Um, uh, you, you, it, it's a frenzy right now. It's a fucking madhouse here. And yeah, it's a madhouse. Cause even Ellie Setback goes, it's worse. Right? This is calm. This press conference is calm. There's other pressure. This is it gets worse. People are shoving each other for position. It gets worse. So we got there at a good time, and I think the promotion did good. So the PR lady's like, you know, we're sorry. What's happening? Misunderstanding. Uh, do you guys have a camera? And we're like, no. We just again, I go. I just have my iPod and my phone, and she just has a notepad. She's like, well, Triple G's downstairs right now doing a media, a roundtable media, and there's only like 12 reporters down there. As long as you guys don't have cameras, like bright light cameras, you're fine. I'm like, fuck it, yeah, let's go. So yeah. we went downstairs, and yeah, you got, the, I got this. Uh, they're sitting at the table with Triple G, Abel Sanchez, and his promoter, and Triple G's interpreter for English. So I, I grab my iPod, I push record, I slide that motherfucker through, and Triple G starts answering questions from all the reporters that were there. Um, they were talking about uh, the one of the big topics was can Triple G adjust in the rematch? What adjustments does he need to make? Triple Triple, Triple G feels he won. Uh, we asked the question, and I think it might be heard. Uh, if uh, with and I thought it was a great question, but I don't think Triple G heard it or he didn't understand it. I don't know. I asked, but uh, Sasa Soy asked it for me because she's the reporter. She asked, uh, "Do you feel you have a psychological advantage over Canelo Alvarez, knowing that you took in his best punch?" Triple G's response was, "I have been through a lot of stuff in my life that has prepared me for what I'm what I'm going to do on May 5th. So I don't know if that was a response. I don't know if he understood the question, but he re- he replied to it. 
Um, he did like maybe 10, 20 questions. And at the end, they told him, okay, guys, that's enough. Canelo's going to come down right now. Um, I'll say this right away. I felt Triple G was more media friendly. Uh, Abel Sanchez did interviews with a lot of people downstairs. As soon as it was over, I saw Abel do two interviews with people. Uh, Triple G was shaking everybody's hand. Jose Suleiman from the WBC came down and was shaking everybody's hand. Uh, he stood, I think he stayed there for like 20 minutes downstairs with the media and shook everybody's hand, answered questions, and then it goes, all right, guys, I'll see you guys outside. Then comes Canelo Alvarez with his team. They sit down. Canelo's answering all the questions he needs to answer. And, uh, and then as soon as the interviews are over, he just put, puts himself in a corner. Security's there. No one has access to Canelo after that. So instead of Canelo going, hey, thanks for coming. Hey, and he, he looks like a guy that was you know, the only there. My job is to do the interviews. My job is to show my face, answer your stupid questions, or answer whatever questions, whether it be stupid or good ones. I'm just here to do my job. While Triple G was just there like, hey, you know, you know big drama show and all that shit. Nah, Max, see, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's weird because I always hear, uh, I always hear like uh, Canelo is always a person that, uh, Approachable, yeah. He's a piece of people person who'll come in and he'll always take his time asking questions <clears throat> and, you know, again, like, just talk to the people. But when he told me that, I go, man, like, was he in a bad mood? I don't know. I mean, the big question was, Abel Sanchez saying you ran. People don't think you won. Do you need to do something different? Um, do you feel you need to prove more in this fight than you did the first fight? Uh, is it going to be round 13 or is this a brand new chapter of the fight? And I feel, I mean, I was telling Sasa Soyama, if I'm a boxer, I'm hearing this since yesterday. I've been hearing this since the fight ended. You know, these are the same questions I've been hearing. Am I going to get annoyed? Yes. But it is your job to be out there. And yeah, he did, he did his obligations. He answered everybody's questions. And like I said, whether it be stupid, whether it be intelligent questions, he answered them. And um, they they stood downstairs for like twenty minutes, and then they moved up to and did the big live show up, upstairs at the LA Live. Mm. And going back to the story, um, so we got I got my interviews. They're they're on my iPod. I just have to transfer them to my computer. And um, the the PR lady still very sorry for because she thinks she fucked up. And no, like look, it's a misunderstanding. Don't worry about it. She's like, look, I really feel bad for what happened. She, you know this and that it was a misunderstanding. Um, after the press conference, uh, across behind the stage at Wolfgang Puck, Triple G's going to have uh, another media circuit there. Do you guys want to go? It's it's promoted by Chivas. Um, it's an alcohol drink, Chivas. Yeah. And it's brought to you by Chivas. You know, it's promoted by Chivas. Would you guys want to go so I can put you on the list? And I'm like, you're telling me I'm going to be in the room with Triple G? Fuck yeah. Book me the book it. Book it. Put my name in the list. So as soon as the press conference ended, we went to the Chivas and that's where I, I met uh, Matt the Hipster Hunter. We were chatting it up. Uh, Sasa Soya was talking to Triple G. And that's where I took the famous picture with Triple G. Which I'm not posting because I'm not going to put an emoji fucking face on my face. But you saw the picture. Dude, I, took I would it. do it. <laughs> like, uh, and maybe, I would, maybe, I, maybe I will do it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, but, uh, I'm planning on doing that actually. Yeah, probably. I'm kind of thinking maybe like maybe I'm trying to convince the guys at the other show uh, Ram Nagalis to maybe show her faces maybe it'll be time to show her faces now um, that's something I gotta talk about with them if they're ready then I'll move forward I know you already everybody knows how the fuck you look like well, yeah. you're basically the <laughs> oh, face yeah. of Ruckus Boxing Cypher yeah you're the face of the Boxing Cypher right now mm-hmm. but we'll talk um, I met him and then I met Triple G I, we talked a little bit I go hey man good luck on May 5th uh, we support you um, we know you're going to do good. And he's like, thank you, thank you, and all that shit. 
he stood there for like maybe 20 minutes, drank a cup of coffee, and then he left, said bye to everybody, like, hey, thank you for coming, and then left. And then me and Salsa Soy were just drinking, eating, talking about the event. She was asking me what I thought about it. Um, I was very surprised that um, being in Southern California, which is very pro-Mexican, because, you know, a lot of Mexicans live out here, it was a pro-Triple G crowd. Yeah, I noticed that on uh, on Instagram, I, they were chanting his name. Dude, I, like, I, it, again, I felt weird because it's Los Angeles, and like you said, there's a lot of Mexicans there. No, yeah, and I agree with you. But yeah, when uh, when Triple G came out, it was a big roar, and uh, you got the fans chanting, Triple G, Triple G, and then Canelo comes out, and you hear him. It, you know what, uh, going, and going to the topic we'll do later on, it was kind of like a WWE thing when... Uh, when John Cena would come out, you have the crowd that cheers John Cena, and you got the Ooh, crowd that boos him, and you get that mixed crowd like Canelo boo. It's like you're like, what? Wait, what's going on here? Are they booing him? Are they cheering him? <laughs> Are they just fucking with him? And uh, but uh, it was it was a great promotion. I think it was well promoted. Uh, they did a big big thing on it. The big red carpets, you know, walk through and. Michael Buffer saying, oh, for the middleweight championship. You know, I completely forgot, and I was listening to the previous episode, this will be Triple G's 20th title defense, May 5th. Yeah, I think we I think we did talk about it. Yeah, I remember we were talking about that. We did, but we, to... we thought that this was his 19th, and that his next fight will be 20th. You think it's 20th, yeah. So, no, um, they, correct, they told everybody that May 5th will be the 20th title defense of Triple yeah. G, which will tie him if he wins with the great Bernard Hopkins. He ties a record, yeah. He ties a fucking I remember, record. I remember reading that Hopkins doesn't want that to happen. I fucking know, because in, in a short period of time, Triple G has done 20 title defenses, which took Bernard Hopkins a good while to accumulate. Good while, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay. But uh, pro, I felt there was a... Fuck. I felt, I felt there was a pro-Triple G crowd. Mixed reaction for Canelo. Uh, the biggest thing that happened that night... Uh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen inside. It happened outside. The verbal jabs that uh, Abel Sanchez was throwing at Canelo. Um, you you saw a little bit. I was there personally. What did you think? And I'll tell you what I thought right now. I I, I thought that uh, that struck a nerve on on, hmm. on Alvarez. I I never seen him so uh, like so bothered. You get me? Like you you can tell that that struck a nerve. He broke out of character. He was like, mother... He broke out of character. I, I've seen him angry when he fought, you know, Chopper's Jr., but I I just never seen him that, like, butthurt. I guess you can say butthurt. He, he, it's struck a nerve. Yeah. It's struck a nerve of what uh, Abel Sanchez said. Well, Abel Sanchez was just saying, you know, well, I like... I, I can see what Abel Sanchez is trying to do. Old psychology. Mm-hmm. You try to piss this guy off that he'll stand and engage with your fighter. Um, I think Abel is a... Uh, he said it best himself because I think Canelo came... I think Triple G and Canelo respect each other. They said straight up, we respect each other. We're fighters. You know, we're, we're in the same business. The hurt business, so we got to hurt each other. Um, I think Abel's trying to put more into that, like, more drama into the situation. Add more spice to it, you know. But Canelo has also fired back in the media saying, well, Abel's a, Abel's a, a pendejo, a jackass. A pendejo, huh? Who doesn't know boxing. He, you know, he, he's got... For a guy that says he's one of the best boxing trainers in the world, you don't know boxing. And so Mario Lopez, who was the MC of the night outside, said, Abel, what do you take about, what do you say about Canelo saying that you're not a good trainer? You just talk out of your ass. 
And he goes, well, last time I checked, I got two Hall of Famers, one being inducted this year, and I got 17 world champions. I honestly think I know what I'm talking about. And everyone's like, oh, shit, motherfucker. Yeah. And then that's when they started arguing and going back and forth. They told him, don't fucking run. Don't run then. And then, yeah. and then uh, the biggest thing, and then the biggest pop that also got was Chepel. I don't know if you saw what Chepel said. I don't know if they put it out there. Ooh, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't put it out there because I was my, my battery was running low. Uh, Chepel goes, they asked Chepel, I forgot the question they asked Chepel, and Chepel came back and said that, look, this fight is between the fighters, not the trainers. The, the we, we as trainers and promoters need to shut the fuck up. And I'm using my words, not his words. They need to shut the fuck up. Because we're not the ones fighting May fifth. They're fighting May fifth. All this work, all this. My fighter's gonna knock you out on this round. My fighter's gonna do this. We're not stepping in the ring. They're stepping in the ring. They're the ones that're gonna inflict damage to each other. So let the fighter speak May fifth. And I felt that you know what I I, I felt that that was that was a, a good thing because I was thinking about it like well because Abel kept saying you kept saying uh, kept pointing Canelo well you said you were gonna knock out Canelo in ten um, Triple G in ten rounds and then Canelo goes well you Triple G said he was gonna knock me out in two what the fuck happened and I'm like thinking no Triple G never said he was gonna knock you out Abel said it was like, Abel said he was gonna knock you out in two rounds and it wasn't Canelo that said he was gonna knock out Triple G in ten rounds it was a stupid promoter Oscar De La Hoya who said. My fighter is gonna knock out Canelo in ten rounds. This is the Hagler Hearns of the new of the new era, and yeah. this and that. So I'm thinking it's the trainer and the promoter that are making this fight and talking the trash. While the fighters are just like, okay, yeah, Triple and Triple G's just fucking like smiling, while Abel and Canelo are back and forth. And Chepo said that and Triple G's just like you can tell he's not phased by it. Um, I like this, I I didn't have time, but I kind of want to see last year's press conference. I. He looked calm. Both fighters looked very calm to me, except for that little mental break. I you I could I look at it as a mental break. You saw it too, of yeah. the verbal jabbing that uh, the verbal argument that Canelo and Abel had together. You know that's very uh, uh, unusual of Canelo to mm-hmm. fire back and get irritated that quick by that. Especially when uh, some of the people in the crowd were saying, "Don't be a pussy and don't run," because a lot of people were yelling that at Canelo. There's one guy who was sitting right behind, you know, standing right behind me with his camera. And he goes, no seas marica, no corras. Canelo heard him. That mother- Canelo looked at that motherfucker like he was going to kill him. Canelo looked at that... I go, I was about to say, like, I was about to be like, no, it's not me. It's, it's, it's him. It's, he said it. I ain't say shit. I, he said it. So, yeah, uh, I, I think I think maybe it is getting to him. The one thing I text you is uh, Canelo Alvarez's team is now in the art of, in the art of hit and not getting, not hit. getting hit. That was the big thing I heard uh, all pre- all night all night long last night. All I heard all night was being technical. You know the art of hit hitting and not getting hit. You know that we're not gonna walk in there straightforward and just bang. We're gonna fight technically. We are technical. I am a technical fighter. Uh, uh, I know that. Uh, they asked Eddie, "What do you say about the people that say that Canelo ran?" And I like his, I like Chepel's, I like the Reynosos. I have more respect for the Reynosos now. I used to think they used to be a group of idiots that didn't really adjust, mm-hmm. but I think they're very. I'm surprised a lot of people didn't interview him. That was one thing. Everyone was asking for quotes for Abel. Everybody was asking quotes from Canelo. Nobody asked quotes from Chepel and Eddie. I feel like if I go back again, I would have asked more questions to Chepel and Eddie. 
Uh, Chapel said that fuck. What did he say? He said about the fight. Uh, that the fighters are gonna fight each other. God damn! I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I'm trying to get everything out for you yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and trying to get for the people. Uh, shit. Uh, he was. Oh, he said about what do you say about the people said that your fighter ran and he goes we're technical fighters my fighter is a technical fighter it is not my fault that triple g didn't know how to cut off the ring we took advantage of it and that's what we had to do for that fight it, maybe abel should teach his fighter how to cut off the ring better in the next fight wow. and i'm thinking well yeah that's something that i said on the first fight that triple g mm-hmm. gave canelo too many options to move to the side and i felt that was great but i feel that they're both they're both aware that they need to make adjustments. They just, I know that uh, Canelo, Canelo's team said that they were thinking about moving to Denver, but because I guess it's um it's it's winter over there still and it's snowing, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to move to Denver and to run in the snow. So they're thinking about looking for another location. But then in another comment, in another interview, he said, "Well, it doesn't matter when you have an athlete like Canelo Alvarez. It doesn't matter if you're in Big Bear or if you're in San Diego." If your athlete is in the prime condition of his life, it doesn't matter where he's at. He's gonna perform at he's gonna perform at his best. That was their way of thinking. But I know the big rumor was, and we spoke about it last week, is that Canelo Alvarez is thinking about moving his camp to Denver for the high altitude. Yeah. Like Triple G's in Big Bear for the high altitude. So they they kind of confirmed that they were thinking about it, but because of the weather, they they may look for another location for that. Um, no questions about Canelo's stamina, which I wish I had the opportunity to ask. But I think it's it's obvious if they're looking for a different location where they're gonna pick up their you know help with their stamina, it's because of that you know to expand your lungs to keep yourself. Um, uh, Brian, question. I'm sorry. No, 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 no questions. I mean, he said it. Yeah, he wants to work on stamina, and we talked about this. I, I've I've always said that that's something he, sh- he should have always been working on. Since he started boxing, so I mean, if, if Denver fit, if fits him, then then of course he'll do it. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice for you to, to ask him about the uh, about that about his uh, his conditioning, how he's how is he improving on that? But yeah, know, shit happens. Shit happens. I mean, I get hopefully you get another crack at him next time. But uh, exactly. But no, I mean, like I said, the press conference was like it was how it was. The verbal jab between Canelo and um, Abel, Chapel kind of making, kind of putting it out there, saying, "Look, we need to just shut the fuck up. Let these fighters fight. The promoter needs to shut up. The trainer needs to shut the fuck up. Just let these guys fight. The fight was good the first time. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great the second time around." But uh, my uh, my manager was asking me because you went to the you went to the conference and I'm like, "Yeah, how do they look?" And I'm like, "If the fight was tomorrow, these fuckers were ready." Yeah. I honestly think they're they're ready. I think they're physically both they they look good and compared to each other, Triple G's a little taller by a couple inches, but they look like they're around the same size. They're around the same weight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Abel said they've already been training for the last two weeks. Oh really? Yeah, they've already been training for the last two weeks already. Um, from the looks of it, I don't think Canelo's been training because the last time I checked on Instagram, he got a brand new tattoo. Yeah, so I don't think he. I don't, think, I don't think he's out training right now. Maybe who knows? I mean, you can still train and have a tattoo. I've done it before numerous times. Um, so wait, wait, what was that, by the way? Can you explain? I don't know if it's a. Kind of I don't. It's a portrait. So I don't know if it's a picture of his daughter or his girlfriend. I have no clue. Oh, 
Because yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, 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 he's yeah. been very, very closed when it comes to talking about showing pictures of his girl, of his, um, of his, of his, of his daughter. So we don't, daughter. you know. So I don't know. It, it could be. It looks like a girl, like a little girl. So it could mm-hmm. be a picture of his daughter. It could be a picture of his daughter. So. Um, well, I, I can see they're right now. They're doing a great job promoting this fight, and I mean, obviously, they're trying to get more pay per view pay per view buys. And I did love what Abel uh, Sanchez did. I guess he's trying to, you know, give it a bit more edge, and it seems like they're heading that direction. But when you're the only guy talking, because sure, they asked Triple G, do you think you're going to knock out Canelo in the second fight? And he's like, hey, look, you know, I'm very thankful, and you know, May fifth, it's a good. It'll be a good day for both fighters. Mm. And you guys have to just wait and see May fifth. And Abel Sanchez is the other one going around that we're gonna beat your ass. We're gonna do this, you know. And Canelo's team is the ones. Canelo's the one saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna knock him out." Because Hoya was saying, "Yeah, he's gonna knock him out in the late round." He said it in the press conference, didn't he? Didn't he say it? Yeah, Cane- uh, I heard Delahoya in one of the interviews said that they asked him, "What do you think?" I think Canelo knocks him out. In between ten and eleven late rounds, late round stoppage, they're gonna knock. They're gonna knock out Triple G. So they're very confident that they they think they're gonna knock out Triple G. Triple G uh, kind of avo- not avoided, but kind of was very, uh, very strategic and not answering it. But not saying I'm not, but not saying I am gonna knock him. He's just saying, look, tune in May fifth. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're gonna knock him out? Hey, I'm thankful for the fight. I'm thankful that this rematch is getting made. Um, thank for everybody's here tonight. Tune in May 5th. Oh, well, you know, Abel Sanchez is saying you're going to knock him out. Hey, May 5th, I'm going to fight him. Fans are going get to what, get what they deserve. Tune in May 5th. Unlike Canelo and Triple G, they're more like, yeah, we're going to knock him out. We're going to knock him out. Abel's saying, hey, don't run. You know, you, you want to knock out? Fine. Stand and bang. Stand and bang. And so it, it was kind of that narrative of, uh, like I said, Triple G kind of seemed more calmer. I think if if it wasn't for that incident, I think both guys were calm. But if it, because of the incident between Abel and Triple G, Abel and um, Canelo, it was kind of that, okay, Canelo broke character, being cool, calm, and collective by arguing with Abel about, oh, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. And then, like, motherfucker. Like, but this is, what I, this is what I was telling my coworkers. Look, you, you, your promotion has painted the narrative that that type of fighting is called running. That's not real boxing. It's running. The mm-hmm. art of hit and not getting hit is by Oscar De La Hoya's technical as, uh, <laughs> definition as running and boring, not entertaining. So this backlash you're getting, I would kind of partially blame it on your promoter who's who spent the last four years... Painting Mayweather as a runner and fighting counter punching and doing that is is a is a di- you know that's not a real fight. Real fight is stand and bang, stand and bang, not hit and then avoiding the punches and then hitting when you can. And then that, no, that's not fighting in his definition, not mine. I think that's a beautiful art form. Every day, there's different types of boxing. There's the brawling. There's the technical aspect. There's the pure boxers, and I think. Uh, I like every style, but I think the narrative that Golden Boy Promotion has painted over the last couple of years is that no, that's that's boring fighting. We like stand and bang. We like fighters to be who is mas macho. Mm. So I think this backlash is starting now to backfire because a lot of the crowd are seeing that Canelo ran. You ran. 
you and I don't think he ran because you know he was scared. I think he gassed out. Oh yeah, it's obvious, it's obvious he gassed out. Um, I was asked who would it had to score the fight. I had it eight four. I gave Canelo four rounds. I gave Triple G the eight rounds. I saw it again. I still had I had it what seven. What, I had it, oh, fuck. I, 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 every either card I have Triple G winning by either eight rounds or seven rounds. Oh shit! <coughs> Sorry. I had him winning uh, seven rounds to five. There you go. There. Yeah, there you go. So, either way, Triple G still wins. Um, I know that LA Bickle saw the fight and he still scored Triple G winning. I've seen the fight numerous times. I scored Triple G winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, like I was telling Asada Soya, the, what makes this fight so so entertaining is the wide the wide margin of one seventeen whatever the fuck that scorecard was. Yeah, one eighteen, one ten. Yeah. That outrageous scorecard would make this fight so controversial. But I think if you take away the fight would have been a split decision win for either or. Mm-hmm. Or people would have been content with the draw. I mean, you or which was a... uh, I've seen, I've read... Polymon and I've said Triple G won. Sergio Martinez said Triple G won. Well, if Sergio Martinez... Had, those two fighters. Sergio Martinez in a joking way said that I can beat both of them in that same night. So, yeah, <laughs> joking, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he could have. Probably, maybe. He was he was very good of his of his time. Yeah, it was one of the best of his time. But uh, it was one of the best. Yeah, a lot of people scored Triple G winning. It was very rare that people had Canelo winning. I didn't see Canelo winning convincingly. He had. I know Canelo came out and said, "I won eight rounds to something." Hello, Brian. I'm right here, man. Oh. I'm skipping a phone call, but I, I can hear you. Okay, okay. I'm like, what the fuck happened? I can't see you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, the promotion was great. I think the. I think this time around, I think they're going to do better numbers because you don't have this lingering of Mayweather-McGregor lingering. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they're coming... Well, technically, uh, McGregor already said that Mayweather walked out of negotiation, so we have no this... Yeah. And from the looks of it, I don't think Mayweather's planning to come back. So I think this was a perfect opportunity. The thing that I didn't like, that I think this was the only press conference they're having. They did media day with ESPN Deportes... They did the press conference yesterday, and that's it. We're done. Everyone going back to the training camps to, to train. So they're not doing another press conference, I don't know, let's say New York. No, but I know, no. Technically, if they were, they should have been today. Because remember, they, remember when, um, when Mayweather did it, it was back-to-back. You do L.A., then New York, and then Atlanta, whatever the fuck, Texas. I thought it was going to be start in L.A., go to New York, go to Mexico, and then in Texas. Mm-hmm. That would have been to me the perfect way. Go to go to yeah. go, go to all those markets, east, west. Go to Mexico and then go to fucking uh, go to Texas at the end. End of Texas. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been the perfect way to end that promotion. But I guess yeah. they're just gonna do L.A. Uh, who knows why? Uh, from it was a big crowd. People were waiting for this fight to see these fighters. Even when there was a chances of there was chance of rain, people mm-hmm. were still gonna want go uh, see these fighters. So I think the I think the fight does a million, uh, I think 1.5, 1.4 million buys. Wow. I think it does. I think now that we don't have a Mayweather McGregor or Mayweather trying to rain in the, the Canelo's parade, I think this fight will do what everyone expected it to have done the first time if it wouldn't have been for Mayweather stepping in and saying, hey, I'm going to fight an MMA fighter. <laughs> so... That's very true, yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I'll probably, again, we don't know the exact numbers of the first fight. They're saying, four, might, they're saying, four, they're saying overall 4 million buys. Overall, 
Four million. That's what they're saying. Overall, probably four million buys for the fight. All right. This all is right. like the domestic. This is outside the UK. All this four million was generated for this fight. Mm-hmm. So they're probably expecting eight million buys overall in general, not just the US domestic. They're thinking overall worldwide, it will be worth worldwide. eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. It will be an eight million dollar pay per view. Um, they asked uh, uh, Todd DeBuff from from uh, Triple G's promoter, will they be putting an entertaining uh, undercard? Because me and you felt the undercard for Canelo Triple G, which which is stupid. Which is kind of I felt okay. This is your chance to prove why you're the best promotion company. This is your chance to prove why Mayweather McGregor is a joke. And why your card, You we should have spent money on watching your fight, not the $100 we spent on watching Mayweather McGregor. And mm. instead, you give us uh, David Lemieux against a number 15th ranked fighter, uh, a prospect like Jojo Diaz, which no disrespect to Jojo Diaz, but putting him out there where he's not well known yet. And I think Lucas Matisse versus, uh, I forgot who, yeah. not a very entertaining undercard. I read that possibly uh, Latito might be in the undercard. I've never heard that. Todd DeBuff, and I was going to say that right now before you said something. Todd DeBuff asked him, what do you think of the undercard? He goes, we're, t- we're in talks of having Chocolatito come to the uh, come in there. Uh, we have with This time we have a bigger budget for the undercard, so we're going to try to see if we can stack the undercard better. Because even if this fight's boring, we want the fans to leave saying, hey, at least the undercard was great. So I mean, talk talk is cheap. We'll see what happens when, when this really happens. If they really do stack the undercard, but yeah, the rumors are Chocolatito might come back, uh, an opponent to be named. But there's still in talks about him coming back. What do you think of the comments that Abel Sanchez said about Black Friday? Black Friday. What do you say? You know, I think I you know I've been I've been work. I said I said I've been working a nine hour shift. I've only had yeah. four hours of sleep. I have not been on social media all day. What did Abel Sanchez say? He said that Black Friders are, they're very boring. They only stick to the sweet signs of boxing. And again, they just, they're not that interesting. He said that, I think he mentioned that he did train some Black Fighters and he turned them into, you know, Mexican style fighters. He made those comments, yeah. And I thought it was weird. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard, Aaron Pryor, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler, uh, Kevin Kelly, not the announcer. Uh, (laughs) um, There's been plenty of black fighters that have been entertaining and don't need to be uh, knockout punchers. Uh, I don't know if he meant overall or he meant this uh, this era, but he said that. This era? That was very weird. Okay, if you're going to mention this era, fine. Uh, Errol Spence Jr., come forward, fighter, aggressive. I mean, yeah, he's not going to take punches in the face. He knows how to defensive-wise. Who else? Who else is a good fighter? Uh, straight out, up and down, straight good fighter. Uh, uh, Terrence Crawford. So Earl Spence, mm-hmm. Terrence Crawford, Keith Thurman. Uh, the Charlo brothers are right there on the knockout streak, knocking fuckers out. Whether they be ranked, whether they be uh, top ten ranked, or whether they be outside the top ten, they knocking motherfuckers out. Mm-hmm. So Abel Sanchez is a comment. It's almost like a. Bob Arum's comment saying that technically you can't promote an African-American fighter because there's no market to market an African-American fighter. Even yeah. though you promoted two fights against African-American fighters and they did good money, which was Bradley versus Pacquiao and your big fight, Pacquiao versus Mayweather, they happen to be against black fighters. Yeah. So 
this whole notion that oh well black fighters are boring I just named this era's best uh, entertaining black fighters Deontay Wilder who fights this weekend Anthony Joshua's black Terrence Crawford Earl Spence Keith Thurman the Charlo brothers uh fucking uh, who else man um who else man is out there right now that's entertaining right now and is an African American fighter I don't know if you want to mention uh, Sean Porter Sean Porter thank you they're entertaining Broner Outside the ring is entertaining. Inside the ring has been a disappointment. Uh, who else? I mean, there's... There's been a... There's been a good fighters, man. Like, that have been entertaining. I don't know. So I don't know what the fuck that fucker's talking about. Yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about now. But uh, I think that was weird and uh, interesting that I, I, I... Yeah, I sent you that. And I just wanted to get a comment on that. Because, yeah. uh, again, like... I don't know why he, he mentioned that. I don't know why he was talking about it, but uh, I was just like, you know what? Just just focus on your, your fight on uh, May 5th, man. Seriously? I mean, I, I don't get why uh, why that was... Why, why, why was even that that important? Exactly. To, e- to even mention, you know, Terry Norris. Terry Norris was a fighter that uh, was trained by Abel Sanchez. I don't know if that's what he's trying to say, that... Well, I made him into a Mexican-style fighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, Terry yeah. Norris was a good fighter oh, with a great punch and technically good. Um, my thing is, um, so Soy asked me, what is Mexican-style? I, I ask you right now, Brian. What is Mexican-style to you? Mexican-style, man, is simple. You just go out there and start punching like a motherfucker. You just go forward and you just bang it out with him. See, who's, you know, who's, who, like you say, who is mas macho? So would Marquez yeah. be a Mexican-style fighter? What was that again? Marcus? Is it Marcus a Mexican style fighter? You know what? Marcus, he actually, before he was, that was his style. I remember, I remember that. But then he later on, he changed it up. He, you know, he started to use a big technique, I think. And yeah, he banged a little more. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or, or maybe that was the answer. There we go. So, no, I think, uh, I think, I think I was wrong. Before he was just, he only used technique. He was only using, you know, hit and not get hit. And then he decided to, you know what? I'm gonna bang it a little more. So you can say, yeah, he put he he his style was a bit Mexican style, yeah, mm-hmm. with a little bit of you know, great counter punching, but okay, yeah, that's a Mexican style. So I have a question. Um, did you see the HBO card that happened this past Saturday, Superfly Two on HBO? I didn't get to see it. No, I didn't. I didn't see it. I heard it was pretty good. I heard it was pretty good. I didn't get to see it. I didn't really much care, honestly. Damn. Tell it like it is. Did not really care about it. I was more interesting on on the fights that's happening on Showtime. But no, I, it, no, not interested at all. Not at all. I heard they were pretty good. I didn't really get a chance to see it. I know I'm like talking, I'm a big boxing fan. Um, I didn't get a chance to really get a chance to watch that fight, but I heard they were pretty entertaining fights. I mean, the flyweight division is pretty, you know, entertaining as it is because all guys are beating each other or you got these flashy knockdowns and high, it's pretty much high-speed checkers with fucking knocking the board out of the table sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just changing the question right now. Um, Jose Suleiman, I saw him at the press conference. I, again, I was so occupied, so excited about going to the press conference. I was saying... Why is Jose Suleiman here? Especially that I, the last time I checked, 
Canelo Alvarez was refusing to fight for the WBC title. You told me today in the morning when I was, you know, going to work that uh, they're fighting for the WBC title. Can you tell the fans? I mean, tell me and tell the fans what, what, what out of nowhere, now they're fighting for the WBC title? Yeah, so I go on uh, on Instagram and it was they said that it's reported that uh, Alvarez, Saul Canelo Alvarez, uh, agreed uh, to fight for the W for Triple G's WBC belt. I don't think they went on to full details because I know that Canelo had a uh, had some you know problems with the WBC. But it was very interesting news that they said that I don't know where Canelo decided to fight for the WBC belt. Well, he was there and they were pretty friendly with each other. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I know I was like, what the fuck? I thought these guys, I thought Canelo was very like, no, I ain't fighting for that. Ain't no organization. Ain't nobody going to tell me who to fight and when to fight and blah, blah, blah. I, you know, all this stuff. And I don't know where he's there and they're doing the shit. So it's very surprising. So they'll be fighting for the IBF, the WBC and the WBA super middleweight titles and Canelo's, uh, you know, very, you know, wrinkly, uh, ring magazine title. So they're fighting for the lineal title, which I'm, I'm thinking, really? Like, is that really a belt? You know, is that really a belt? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a belt to me. It's not a belt to me. It's not really a belt. No, but they're fighting for the lineal middleweight title. Yeah, from the looks of it, yeah, they are. So, my adventures at the press conference was great. And I've said that, I've been repeating it over and over again. It was a great uh, day for me. I wish that uh, I would have done more since the beginning, but I didn't. I, I'm hoping for another press conference to happen, whichever boxer, and me to go. I, I feel I'll do a little bit better. Um, I, I can't say more. Um, I can't thank Sasa Soya uh, any more than I've already done for giving me the opportunity to, to go out there and you know see how it's done. Uh, it's a cutthroat business from what I saw from the talentless cunt from that certain network. To watching yeah. people like Bernardo Osuna from the guy from ESPN Deportes, I, it's it, you're starstruck. You're like I said to you, uh, uh, feeling like a small fish in a big pond. To at the end, feeling like okay, you know, I can I can hold my own. I'm, I'm knowledgeable in boxing. I shouldn't I shouldn't be I shouldn't be scared of these motherfuckers. Like, hey, if I disagree, we disagree. If I if I if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm right. And shit like that. Yeah, I know yeah. what I said. <laughs> I know what I said. Man, it was great. Uh, to me, it was a great day last night. Uh, I feel the promotions are going to do good. I have yet to hear if HBO is going to do a 24-7, if they're going to do a face-off, if they're going to do a countdown. Or, I haven't heard shit. All I know is it's in T-Mobile Arena, May 5th, all that shit. That's all I heard. They're either, yeah, it's, it's either 24-7 or it's just a uh, simple countdown, countdown show. I hope they do more because I mean this is like yeah me too. You can do a lot of storytelling with this because it was controversial. It was it, a lot. It left a lot of people wanting to see it again. But you can make a two three episode arc off this. Yeah, at least three. I say they should make at least three episodes of twenty four seven. Because yeah. I was disappointed the last time. I think it was only two. It was two, but it was kind of like it yeah. felt kind of rushed. It felt like oh, and there was no face off. At least a face-off, like, bring the trainers. Especially that you got that drama between Abel and Canelo. So imagine yeah. in the table you got Chepo and Eddie and Canelo, and then the other table you got 
uh, Abel, K- Triple G, and Triple D's interpreter, and they're all talking shit. Abel and Canelo talking shit. Chepo and Eddie backing up Canelo, and it's Abel against all three, and then uh, you got Triple G with his hands together, just nodding his head going, yeah, yeah, you know. Good fight, good fight, you know, maybe. Uh, let the better man win. Yeah, that's it. I think that's entertaining TV. I tune in, but I don't know what HBO's going to do. Um, we've seen that HBO's budget sucks balls for sports. Yeah. Yeah, Showtime is is soaring with their with their premium fighting, which uh, we're going to now drop the Canelo Crest Conference and now go into this Saturday night at the Barclays uh, the Barclays Center, where we're going to see the WBC heavyweight champion defend uh, uh, Deontay Wilder defend his title against Luis King Kong Ortiz. Yep. How important is this fight right now? It's really important because. Basically, the winner of this fight, man, could possibly be facing the winner of uh, Anthony Joshua and I forgot his opponent. Joseph Parker. Yeah, because it's, it's basically that. The winner of this fight could get a mega fight with the heavyweight champion in the world. Well, this is the big, everyone is saying this is the biggest test for Deontay Wilder. Yeah. To fight a guy like uh, a Cuban heavyweight boxer like uh, Luis King Kong Ortiz. I'm not hearing a lot of people saying this is a big test for... Luis Ortiz. No. Uh, I'm not hearing I'm hearing more. This is a big test for for uh, for Deontay Wilder. Um, it is a big fight because we're hoping that Deontay wins. And that can, and then we're hoping that in a couple weeks later, Joshua wins and we can set up a fight um, in the fall between Wilder and Joshua. Mm-hmm. So we're all excited to watch this fight and the importance of this fight and everything that goes into the heavyweight division because... We haven't seen this type of excitement in the division in a while. In a long time, man. I can't remember the last time, really. I can't remember the last time I was excited for a heavyweight fight. Period. <clears throat> I can't. I wasn't excited when when I heard oh Joshua versus uh, Vladimir. I was thinking poor Vlad, poor Joshua. They're gonna feed him to Vladimir Kitschko, man. They're just gonna the old line. And then I I just saw the fight and be like okay, you know, out of respect, I'm gonna watch it. And I came out like oh shit, the new yeah. era of heavyweight champion. So now I'm like excited. So I was excited because of that fight. So that's why the new heavy, the that was like a, a shot of adrenaline to the heavyweight division because mm-hmm. for a while it's kind of like okay Vladimir, it's gonna be Vladimir, we're gonna win, and here comes this young kid, knocks him down and then fucking takes him out, and he he was a shot of fucking adrenaline to the division. Even though at that time Deontay Wilder was champion, but Josh was the one that basically lifted the heavyweight division and said hey. The new era is here. I am here. We got a fresh crop of heavyweights. Let's get this shit going. And mm-hmm. We're seeing it this Saturday with uh, Luis Ortiz, who's the most avoided heavyweight. Nobody wanted to fight him. Uh, Joshua Joshua didn't want to fight Ortiz. Uh, a lot of fighters have avoided him. And Deontay Wilder stepping up and saying, fuck it, let's do it. What the fuck's that noise in the background? I know I see you looking at her like... It's uh, Miss Cass, uh... Making some noises. I know you're like you're looking at it like shut the fuck up. <laughs> so anyways, man. Um, again, no, th- this is a really uh, really important fight, and uh, to me, I see that Wilder he he wants it a bit more. I'm looking at it that way. He wants his a bit more than Ortiz. So you got Wilder winning this fight? I got Wilder winning this fight. Knockout decision. I say decision. You think they go full 12 rounds? I don't think he, he knocks him out. And if he does, 
Again, man, more power to you, man. But so you got Wilder going unanimous decision. You saying decision? We'll leave it as that. Yeah, I'll say uh, yeah, exactly. Because do you think unanimous that, split majority? I don't know about that, but do you for think sure he gets a, a a decision win? Do you think Ortiz gives uh, Wilder problems? Do you feel yes, I, you feel there will yeah, be problems I, for Ortiz? Yeah, I see Ortiz giving him some problems, but I feel that uh, Wilder will, you know, uh, I guess what's that one word? He would. Uh, uh, what is that goddamn one word I'm looking for? But yeah, basically, eventually he would uh, he would pull off a, a victory. Like he, I, I guess he will adapt. He will adapt to whatever Ortiz is, uh, problem is giving him, and he'll adapt to that. Okay, so Ortiz is in what forty? He's in his forties now. Yeah, he's pretty he's old. 40, you really think he's gonna keep up with a guy like Wilder who's in his prime right now? There we go, right there. And he, again, he's hungry. Okay. Donald is really hungry, and he's just showing to me he really wants it very badly, and he looks like he's gonna go out there. And well, he's the one really asking. He's win. the one asking for this fight, you know. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of people like to shit on Wilder, saying, "Well, Wilder's a cherry picker. Wilder's not a real heavy." People forget that Wilder signed to fight Ortiz the first time. The fight didn't happen because Ortiz tested positive for uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs. What happened? And he said it was no. It was my. It was my um, heart pills, it was, you know, for my blood, heart, um, blood pressure pills. Mm-hmm. And or and then Wilder says, look, can we just sign a paper that says he could fight? It doesn't have to be for my title. I just want to fight this motherfucker. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah, Legally, yeah. we can't. Okay, so you go and you knock out Stavern, which became the biggest meme of 2017. Yeah. And instead of going out and saying, you know what? I'm going to fight a number 12, number 15 ranked heavyweight. No, I want Ortiz. I want him. He didn't. He didn't run away. Like another fight would have been like, you know what? You ruined. You had your chance. You fucked up. You you tested positive. Hey, go back to the line. I I gotta make sure I fight Wilder, so I gotta keep winning. Instead, it's I knock out Stavern, Ortiz. Get your ass in the ring. Wait, let's do it now. Mm-hmm. Let's get it on. I mean, well, who else is doing that right now? Not many people know. I mean, I, I like can, you said, they would have just left them there, right? Eh, whatever. No, oh, you fucked up. up. Bad. Go back to the line. You fucked up. Give me Shannon Briggs. Mm-hmm. You fucked up. Give me Shannon Briggs. Give me, give me a Tyson Fury. You know, give me a, a bloated up Tyson Fury at the time. Not now, because he's, he's looking good shape right now. I was about to see like, a picture of Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Tyson Fury looks pretty good right now. <laughs> no, you haven't seen pictures of him. Whatever. You haven't seen pictures of Tyson Fury lately. Uh, you know I have, but I'm not sure if that's actually pictures of him. You know, giving his I think Photoshop. I I think that's him. I think that's him. Recent pictures. He looks looks pretty good. That's why I was like, oh, is that Photoshop? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's taking the shit. I think, uh, I think he's the type of fighters that he's only hungry and he doesn't have the title. When he has the title, he's like, okay, what else? Like, what else am I hungry for? <laughs> I think what motivates him is to be champion right now, just like it motivated him before. And I think when he got the title, he's like. Okay, my biggest goal was to become heavyweight champion. Okay, I did it. What else am I supposed to do? Oh, look, there's some cocaine. Let me sniff this. Now, I, now that he's vacated, everyone's writing him off. Everyone's saying, you're a joke. You're fat. You're this. You're that. He Now he's motivated and be like, no, fuck that. I'm going to be heavyweight champion again. I'm, yeah, I'm a fucking former cokehead. Yeah, I like to fucking eat and drink and do all this shit. But guess what? I can box my ass off and I'm going to come back and win the heavyweight title of the world. Hopefully, but going back, uh, I think Wilder wins. I think he knocks him out in the late rounds. 
Really? I think people... Uh, uh, this is my thing. Everyone is saying this is the biggest test for Deontay Wilder. And they're completely right. This is the biggest test for Deontay Wilder uh, against a very firm, uh, formidable a formidable foe like Luis Ortiz. Uh, I am not taking into consideration Ortiz's age, but power. We haven't seen Ortiz get hit. Yeah. Who has Ortiz got hit by? So we don't even know if Ortiz has a good chin. His chin hasn't been tested. Yeah, I have, and I have not heard any stories of him taking a big punch. He hasn't really taken a big punch, you know. Everyone's saying, oh, Ortiz is this. Oh, my God, he's the boogeyman. Okay. Uh, Tyson, Mike Tyson had the best saying. Everyone has a plan until they get hit. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw the Severn fight, I, yeah, of course, I saw Wilder just swinging and just heading his, putting his hands down. The one thing I saw, which was very impressive, and I was like, damn, the jab. He has one of the most devastating heavyweight jabs in the world. That fucker snaps that jab like he's knocking you. He's looking to knock you out with the jab. And if you can get past the jab, you got a right hand waiting for you. It's the same. It's, yeah. like, it's kind of like the the Klitschko the Klitschko move. You know, you got that steady jab going ba ba ba. And if you get past the jab, I got this right hand waiting for you right there, right there. And then and right now Deontay Wilder is in his prime. He's athletic. I don't think we've seen the best of Deontay Wilder. And I think this fight, uh, like you said, he's hungry for this fight. But I think he's also hungry to prove the skeptics wrong. To be like, look, I am not a joke. I am a true heavyweight. I don't know about um, Deontay Wilder saying that he's going to beat Mayweather's record. And I don't know about him saying that he would knock out or he would beat Mike Tyson in his prime. I was I, about to mention that. I don't know about that. But I think uh, Saturday night, I think the Deontay Wilder... Uh, I think he knocks out Luis Ortiz um, between round seven and eight. I say around seven and eight, he knocks him down. I think that's wow. what I think that's what it'll be. I think uh, we're underestimating Ortiz. No, underestimating Deontay Wilder. But I think we're also underestimating how good is Ortiz's chin. How long can he keep taking those punches? If okay. if they stand in a tactical fight, I I give Ortiz a good shot. But this is heavyweight. This is the heavyweight division, Brian. One shot can fucking change the whole dynamic of the fight. The whole dynamic. I mean, Vladimir Klitschko was winning until he got dropped. And I felt that I felt Vladimir was doing a good job against uh, against Joshua until he got dropped. And then Vladimir had to change the game plan and then drop Joshua. And then we saw a different fight after that. I feel that here's another thing. I think if if Wilder wants to be like, oh, I can box. I I, I can I I can go punch for punch. I can go counter punch. No. no, no. Wilder needs to bring what's brought him to the table. Be that fucking athletic bastard he is. If he goes in to try to box Ortiz, I can I can see it going twelve rounds and maybe him him pulling it, barely barely pulling the win out. But if he goes in there and does what he did to Stavern, stiff jab, you know, stiff right hands, left hook, you know, check left hooks. He's showing this he's showing this athleticism against a forty year old man. I think he knocks him out between round seven and eight. I think he, I think that, would he, huge. that would be a huge moment. He knocks him out. That. Shit. And he and if he cuts that promo he did last time, like hey jo- hey Joshua, Parker, uh, you know, you know, uh, you're next. Do you wanna take the test? Yeah. Yeah, he's been saying that on I I saw a clip on he's been first take. I haven't seen it yet. Again, he's just calling out Anthony Joshua. Well the reason why, because um, I don't know if you heard, Josh Joshua's promoter said that 
uh, if, when he, if he were to beat um, Joseph Parker, they're thinking about coming to the U.S. and fighting and fighting a uh, big baby Miller. Huh. Instead of fighting Deontay Wilder, you're gonna fight big baby Miller. <laughs> so you're not, so you're basically a, pretty much openly saying, well, look, when when we beat when we beat Anthony, um, I mean Joseph Parker for the WBO heavyweight title, and we get that title belt coming back to England, uh, we're thinking about coming to the U.S., making a U.S. debut, and we're thinking about making the big debut against uh, a guy like the um, Big Baby Miller. Mm-hmm. While Deontay Wilder saying, "Look, as soon as I, I mean, first I need to get past Ortiz, and if I get past Ortiz, I want Joshua next. And there's no other fight I want. I want Joshua next." Joshua hasn't said yes or no. His promoter is talking, saying, "Oh, you know, if we win this fight, we're gonna fight Miller next. That's that's kind of the plan we have in mind. Nothing about oh, well, if he wins and and Wilder wins." I'll talk to Al Heyman and we'll see something out and we'll see what happens. We'll see how it happens there. No, it's, oh no, we're going to come to the U.S. We're going to fight someone else. Yeah, because uh, not one word I've heard Anthony Joshua say about Delta Wilder, Luis Ortiz, nothing. No. Not at all. Not one fucking word, so. I don't know, man. It seems like they probably are, are uh, avoiding Delta Wilder. But okay. Fuck, that would be a great fight if that ever happened. Hopefully this year. I think I think it's gonna happen this year. I think um, I think we're starting. To, uh, we've been noticing since the Mayweather Pacquiao fight that fans no longer want to wait. Fuck this! Like I mean, fuck this marinating. Fuck the politics, man. Make the fight happen. We're gonna yeah. just, give us the fight. We'll pay the hundred dollars. Give us the fight. We'll watch it. The fan, the boxing freaks will come out. And the casual fans will follow if this fight is interesting enough. If this yeah. fight is interesting enough, the boxing fans will follow. You know, the That's fuck true. this whole, well, you know, we need to figure out the money. Look, motherfucker, 50 50, 60 40. Let's be realistic. Everyone's going to make money at the end of the day. It's not like nobody's going to make money. You know, everyone's going to go out and make money. You know, let's not fucking. Let's not, you know, let's not beat around the fucking bush. This whole, well, you know, I'm the A side. I'm like, look, man, just fucking make the fight happen. Set this shit up. You're gonna, everyone's gonna get paid, Brian. Everyone's gonna get paid. You know, whether it be in the UK, whether it be out here in the Barclays Center or in Alabama, where the fuck, the fight's gonna get made. All, all this politics about all oh, the money, this and that. You're all gonna get paid, man. What the fuck? Again, they're just trying to milk it. Like, yeah, like he said, what, man? People already want to see Joshua fight. People want to see Wilder fight. If Wilder beats Ortiz and beats him in a knockout fashion, or the fights, you, there's no need to marinate anymore. If Joshua comes out and beats Parker, beats the shit out of him, there's no need to marinate the fight. No. It could be a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split. You know, Wilder takes all the money from the States. All the UK money stays with Joshua and that... It'll be vice versa for everything that for the money that we make here in the United States. It'll be sixty forty favor Wilder, and then every all the money that's gonna be made in the UK sixty forty Joshua. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great deal. I'll, I'll stay with the I'll stay with the UK money. You stay with the you stay with the United States money. We'll leave it as that, and then whatever you make from your promote from your sponsorships, that's it. 
You know, and the pay per view money, the paper, you know, because I'm keeping this, you're keeping that. Everyone, at the end of the day, everyone's making money. Mm-hmm. All this bullshit about, uh, oh, you. Yeah. Uh, very oh, true. And it seems like it might happen in the UK, but uh, we'll see where it happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, also, that night, um, looking up right now, HBO has a car too. You got Sergey Kovalev defending his light heavyweight title uh, against an opponent. I'm not even going to say he's not opponent name because I don't think that fight's going to last three rounds. No, this is going to be another, uh, I don't know. This Showcase fight? Maybe a two-round, yeah, maybe a, a first or two-round fight and that's it. It's a highlight Kovalev fight. It's just, a, uh, just another way to bring back Kovalev to where he was before yeah. the crusher. What do you Where's think that? of Andre Ward saying, you know, I'm, I'm up for the rematch. I, I, if I come back, I, I'd give him a shot. Well, We've seen it so many times. We've seen a lot of fighters, you know, itching to come back. And I think it's probably affecting him that way. He's probably thinking, you know what, I, I think I have one more in me. <clears throat> so, we could possibly see uh, Andre Ward come back. Against Kovalev? Mm, maybe not against Kovalev, no. I don't see it. But I can see Kovalev asking for a rematch. But I can see him really, you know, probably moving up in weight. Well, I know there was rumors uh, of him fighting a heavy... He won... The rumors were fighting at heavyweight. Um, I know at uh, I know that I was talking about this with Escaleto, and I said that that was a dumb. I think that was a dumb move if Andre Ward were to move up to heavyweight because uh, Andre Ward is not the fastest fighter, he's not the strongest fighter, but he he's, he's a type of fighter that smothers you and likes to bully you in the inside. And I thought at light heavyweight, it was kind of hard for him to bully uh, Sergey Kovalev. He 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 had to outthink Kovalev. Instead of bullying him, you know, super middleweight, he would just bully you in the inside, you know, inside, you know, bully you. And at that heavyweight, he couldn't do that against uh, Kovalev. So what makes him think that if he moves up 30 pounds north to heavyweight, he'll be bullying uh, a Joseph Parker, bullying an Anthony Joshua, or bullying a, a Deontay Wilder? I don't see him doing that. Yeah. And then what's he going to do, move down to super middleweight? I mean, there's nothing in super middleweight. There's no stars. Um, light heavyweight. Is, I mean, we got Kovalev fighting. We got the guy he did a face off with on Instagram, which was just another fighter, uh, Devote Miroff. I'm fucking up his name right now. Dimitri Pivol. Dimitri Pivol, who's another light heavyweight, uh, who's fighting on the undercard of Kovalev. Which the rumor is is that he might fight Kovalev. Those two might fight. And then, wow. and a couple, and then a couple months from now, you got. Adonis Stevens is versus Badu Jack. So we got that fight. If I'm if I'm Andre Ward and I'm looking at it as I'm if I'm looking at it as a financial standpoint, a rematch against Kovalev doesn't really make any sense. I don't think no. I don't think anybody wants to see that fight. The first fight was controversial. You came back. It was a little bit more controversial, but we saw that you you got the better of Sergey Kovalev. I think if you want to come back, either uh, fight. The winner of Adonis Stevenson versus Badu Jack, or if you want to claim another title, move up to Cruiserweight. Cruiserweight right now is having their World uh, Super Series. Oh, are they? To define the un, the un, the the best Cruiserweight in the, in, the, in the division. So I mean, if Andre wants to come back, he can wait wait until the outcome of that fight and be like, "Hey, I'm coming back, and I want to fight the number one Cruiserweight in the world." Mm. Fight him, win a title, and then. And depending how his body feels at cruiserweight, he'd be like, "Okay, I'll fight a couple more times at cruiserweight," and or 
uh, depending how the heavyweight lands, the heavyweight landscape goes, he could be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna move to heavyweight." Mm. Because that's what he can do. Yeah, that's, seems like it. that's what he can do. I mean, we'll see what he does. But I don't really see him fighting at heavyweight. Don't really want to see him fight Kovalev in a third fight again. Like I said, no, I can. There's, there's nothing really to show again for the third fight. So that's why I say it just makes no sense for him to come back and make uh, yeah, a trilogy third fight with Kovalev. Makes no sense at all. But uh, I know that that's what everyone's talking about in the media uh, and in the boxing world. If these guys were to meet again, uh, like I said, nobody wants to see that fucking fight. No. Nobody wants to see the fucking fight. Uh, what? So what? So this this Saturday we got this fight on Showtime. We I'm watching it. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna make time to watch this mm. fight. Uh, I'm probably gonna watch the HBO fight. I got Kovalev winning that fight. Yeah. Two rounds. I got uh, Dimitri Pivov winning that fight too. Uh, I think late round stoppage TKO. I think he's good. He's that good. TKO. Uh, wow. Late, I say, fifth, sixth round, mid rounds. Mm. Uh, Showtime has it on their card, uh, and they they're stacking it up pretty good right now. And then the following week, um, which next week when we come back, we'll talk about the fight um, from both Showtime and HBO. Plus, we'll give you our, we're gonna give the prediction of uh, next Saturday night's fight between uh, Sergey Lipinets and Mikey Garcia as Mikey Garcia moves up to one forty. And challenges the champion at 140. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm moving to one, moving to the conversation is because uh, you posted a couple weeks ago that he said that he's willing to uh, move if uh, move up to welterweight later. Yeah, yeah. Becky Garcia, and uh, he wrote, "I'd rather fight Spence if both he and Lomachenko were on the table. It's a bigger challenge and bigger weight class. People may not take take me serious." But I'm coming to welterweight later. That's going to happen. Whether it's at the end of the year or next year, I'm coming. Um, Mikey Garcia told boxing, the boxing scene.com. Mm. Uh, what's your take on that? I, 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 again, it's like I say, I just love that attitude of uh, he just he, he just wants to prove that, again, he, he's one of the best fighters out there. And he's willing to fight you know, any of the top fighters out there right now. And again, I just, I just love that attitude. He's daring to be great. And again, we need more fighters like that. And he might be, like people say, you know, you, he's probably fighting more than he can fucking chew, but. Isn't, this, uh, isn't that kind of like the, a couple years ago, the, the slogan, daring to be great? Yeah. Isn't he daring to be great by saying, look, I'm going to fight at 140, and then I'm going to move down to 135, fight, either fight Lenoris or fight Shimon Machenko, beat their asses, and then after that, I'm gonna move up to I'm gonna move up another division past Junior Welterweight, and I'm gonna fight Welterweight, and I want to fight either Keith Thurman or Earl Spence, but preferably I want Earl Spence Jr. because he's right now the most feared man in the division. Mm-hmm. I said in I said it in a previous episode. That motherfucker does that, and he wins all three fights. He's fighter of the fucking year. He's, yeah, he's fighter. Fighter of the fucking decade. <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. So if he does all if he does all that, fighter of the year. And people say, well, he's, he's talking, he's, you just said right now, he's biting off more than he can chew. Isn't this whole daring to be great, isn't this the best fighting the best? Yeah, why, exactly. isn't, why isn't when a fighter says that, ah, oh, you know, he, 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 you know, he's chew, he's, you know, he's biting more than he can chew. The fuck? I thought you would want fighters to talk like that. 
No, no, like, there we go, exactly. Like, this, this is what you guys asked for, and, and there it is, man. Like, th- there's your guy. And I'm not hearing too much of a buzz, and you're right. Like, that's what kind of really upsetting me. Nev Lomachenko said, I'm moving up to 135. I'm going to fight Linares or Mikey, move up to 140, fight, let's say let's say the, the, the opponent Mikey, Sergey Lipinets, and after I'm done fighting him, I'm moving up to welterweight to fight Terrence Crawford or Earl Spence. They would have said, man, this guy is the greatest fighter in the world if he yeah. does that. If he does it, he's a fighter of the century. Exactly. What? Yeah, I believe that that's what they would say. They would say, oh, Lomo, if Lomo were to say, oh, this is, this is my plan, move up to 135, win the titles there, one move to 140, move to 147, they would say he's the, the next great white hope. He's the next great fighter in the world. The greatest. They'd be calling him GOAT already. I mean, I mean, they're already saying like, how far can you be the next Ali? Like, you can again, you know, as long as you could take divers, and uh, they look at him very easily. And like you said, yeah, if you say those things, they will easily just eat it. They'll, they'll totally eat it and just go, holy shit, this is great. And this is why he's the greatest. And they look at somebody like Mikey, and they they think he's crazy. Because they don't think he's great. No, they don't think they don't see nothing special. They say, oh, you're a good fighter. You know, you you know, you you have a good boxing IQ. You're you're not the fastest fighter. You're not the strongest fighter, but you're a good, decent fighter. You know, you got good skills to keep you at the elite level. But when you fight a, a fighters that are past the elite level, that are are super fighters like Lomachenko, eh, and we don't think you're that good. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Lomachenko, uh, the talks have been going that Lomachenko will fight Jorge Linares. They've both gone on Twitter. We talked about this last week. Uh, yeah. I predicted and said that I don't think he's going to fight Lenars. I think he's going to fight the winner of Beltran and whoever he fought. Well, they fought last weekend. Beltran won. Now, yeah. rumor is right? Lomachenko's in talks about fighting Ray Beltran instead yeah. of fighting Jorge Lenares. Now, no disrespect to Ray Beltran, who's a very good fighter. Who's been in there with you know the likes of Terence Crawford? Uh, uh, I forgot other fighters. Is not the fight we want to see. The fight we want to see at lightweight is him and Jorge Linares. Mm-hmm. For for some reason, the fight's not happening. It's not happening, and again, it's the same thing as always with top rank. They rather keep it in house, and they're gonna fight for the top rank, the well, the lightweight title, aka the WBO lightweight championship of the world. Mm-hmm. Surprising or just another typical day in top rank land? No, it's another typical day. Uh, yeah, typical day with uh, top rank. He's been doing this for years, many years. I mean, come on, like he's done it so many times. You even predicted it. <laughs> I mean, it was obvious. It's obvious that he doesn't want to share. You know, I guess the money with other promoters. Like you said, it's all in house. And so yeah, so when I heard about that news, I laughed. And I go, yeah, that's exactly what you said. It's and people and people and the thing is people are gonna chew it up and be like oh that's fine that's fine yeah that's fine yeah that's fine yeah we're we're okay with that we're okay with that like okay we're okay with him fighting Ray. okay if he fights Ray Beltran is not is, is not a slouch we're not, I'm not disrespecting Ray Beltran he's a good fighter gave you know gave Terence Crawford a good fight for as long as it it lasted but we we saw the difference Terence Crawford is a special fighter Ray Beltran is not we know that already. Why put uh, Lomachenko against a fighter that we know that is, he's good, 
but he's not elite good. Mm-hmm. Jorge Linares has shown to be good. We want to see if he's elite good. Lomachenko, we've seen greatness. We've seen good. We've seen him fight good in highlight fights, making Rigondeaux quit, making a couple fighters quit. He's looked good. But what happens when you put him against another fighter that may equal him in hand speed, and they're both looking to see if they're the next elite fighters? That's the type of fight you need to make, not the, well, let's put him against a fighter that we know he's going to, you know, beat easily, and he's going to give himself another another title because, hey, who doesn't who doesn't like a guy with a lot of belts? Especially today's landscape in boxing. Uh, I, I swear, like, I feel that his, uh, the way he... He boxes the style, you know. Yeah, again, the way he does it, the way he, the style is, it just. I feel like it overshadows everything. Like people don't. I feel like some people don't really care about that. They just want to see him in the ring, you know, perform his whatever magic tricks, and then that's it. That's the impression some people give me. No, I don't know if you see that. No, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've heard it. It's oh my god! Wow, look, he has his hands out. Right? Oh wow, he's moving side to side. Okay, I mean, again, Lomachenko is good. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking away from Lomachenko here. You know, me and you have said Lomachenko's good, but to already put him in the same in the same breath with Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, Roy the Roy Jones of the '90s, the Floyd Mayweather's of the world, the Manny Pacquiao's of the world, we haven't seen anything yet, man. So why are we quick to do that? And guys like. Terrence Crawford, or you know, are being overlooked. Like, oh, he's a good yeah. fighter. We'll see what he does at welterweight. Guys like Earl Spence, he's the most avoided welterweight in the world. We're not saying he's going to be the. We're not saying, oh my God, he's one. He's the best welterweight since Sugar Ray Leonard. Well, you're not saying that, are we? Mm-hmm. No. Trip. I mean, I mean, Triple G's going twenty consecutive title defenses, but he's not. You know, we're not claiming to be. He's better than fucking Bernard Hopkins yet. Now, if he does it, watch. If he beats Canelo. They'll say that this is the most impressive 20 title defenses that Bernard Hopkins. And that may be true. But mm-hmm. we're not putting Triple G in the same list of the greatest fighters of all time. No. Lomachenko, for some reason, gets it. Because, yeah, he shows glimpses of stuff that we've seen before. But we haven't seen it against elite fighters yet. And we're not going to see it if he keeps putting him against the guys like Ray Beltran. We're not going to see that. Put him put him against the Mikey Garcias. Put him against the Lenars. If he moves up to Walter, put him against the Terrence Crawfords of the world. You know? Instead, we got talks of Lomachenko possibly fighting Ray Beltran and possibly fighting Manny Pacquiao. We don't need to see those fights. Oh, it makes no sense now. Those, are not make, those do not make sense. And those do not give us any indication of how good he is instead of building his popularity. That's all it does. And to me, that doesn't really rank him up as, you know, the, the best, you know, pound, pound for pound fighters, at least top five. And it just doesn't. It, it does not help him with that. It doesn't. I agree with you. Like you said, being, okay, if he beats Pacquiao, what does that do for him, really? It does nothing. It does nothing, actually. It does nothing. But people don't see that. People only see the, I guess, the nostalgia. Pacquiao, Lomachenko, holy shit. The, the, the foot movement they're going to have in that fight. Like, that's all they can think of. Yeah, against how many times they can move in the ring. Talk about Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, did, well, yeah I want to talk about too, man. Did Freddie Roach get fired? Or is this just another rumor and, you know, we're just stirring up attention? 
I really, uh, I think I read Freddie Roach. I think he said that uh, that usually he likes to leave him alone, and then uh, until he start, you know, starts calling him, but then he decides to call him, and he never answers him back. He says, "Holy shit!" Pacquiao has not answered him back. So so far, uh, Freddie is not working with Pacquiao at the moment. I don't know if you heard about this too, but I was told that uh, he's not going to be on the undercard of the Terence Crawford Jeff Warren fight. Uh, somebody, I think I forgot his name. Somebody in the in the Philippines said that that is just a huge, a big slap to Manny Pacquiao to be in the undercard. And I don't think Bob Aaron and Michael Michael Cunz, what is it? Michael Cunz, um, Pacquiao. I don't want to say Let's cancel that. I don't want to say last name. Cunz, Cunz, Cunz. But anyways, they haven't said anything. But supposedly he is not going to be in the undercard. It's a big slap to his face. We talked about it, how we said that's a sad story. But it is from being from making a hundred million dollars. No, well, yeah, a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. being one of the most successful pay per views of all time, to now fighting another card. It's 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 a little embarrassing, man. It is. It it's is. a little embarrassing. You know, I I can see where Michael Collins and people. It's embarrassing, but uh, if Manny Pacquiao is hurting for money and they told Manny, hey, we'll give you ten million dollars, eight million dollars to fight. Mm-hmm. Manny will come and fight. Yeah. Manny needs the money. Yeah, Manny, Manny needs the money. Yeah, I mean, people will be like, no, he doesn't. He he needs the money. Yeah, I know he donated his money to build the houses and deliver Bibles. I get that. But, I mean, there's no need for you to fight anymore. No. You, if you're fighting, it's to prove you're the best. But fighting guys like Jeff Horn doesn't really prove you're the best. Saying, say, fighting guys like, Fighting the younger guys in the Walter division, and try to show them like, hey, you know, I'm I'm here still. You know, yeah, you haven't done that. You haven't done that. So, yeah. uh, Freddie Roach not getting called. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was weird. Like he says that he, he hasn't heard anything but Manny, and it just again, uh, it seems like maybe leading towards a retirement or finding a new trainer. Well, I mean, from I think from what I remember is that. He shows up for like the last three weeks of training camp. Freddie Roach only shows up for the last three weeks. Other than that, Pacquiao is in the Philippines training with Boo Boy or the. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, he Boo Boy. I heard that. No, there we go. I heard that he wants to make him as his new trainer. I think well, I heard something. Technically, like that. he was always his trainer. Yeah. He was always his trainer because they're friends, but uh, the promoter, um, promoter, manager, his. Former manager was kind of like, no, we need a we need a, a trainer, and they went to wild card, and everybody knows the legend. They they did the mitts, and Freddie Roach is like, I've never hit the mitts with somebody like this, like this, and we heard the legend before, and they got together, and Boo Boy was always a second in command, mm-hmm. so it was a uh, Freddie's head the head trainer, Boo Boy's assistant head trainer, uh, assistant of Freddie Roach, so. Yeah. And I'm assuming Manny Pacquiao told him, "Look, this guy's gonna be the head trainer, but while he's a head, while he's training me, I want you to see everything he's doing. I want you to learn. I want you to learn from him. So when you know, and from what I know is, when Pacquiao's training, Boo Boy's doing the mids. Boo Boy's doing all the all the training. Uh, when Pacquiao was fighting De La Hoya, Boo Boy's the one studying tape of De La Hoya. So it would yeah. not surprise me that yeah, Freddie Roach is out." And Boo Boy steps in because basically he he runs the camp. He runs the training camp 
for Manny Pacquiao in the Philippines. And then Freddie Freddie Roach then comes back to the goes to the Philippines, trains with them for like a week or two, and then they fly back to Wild Card, train Wild Card, and then they leave. But the last fight, no, it was they trained all the the whole time was the whole training camp was in the Philippines. Freddie Roach came in for the last couple weeks of the camp, and then they went to Australia to fight. So yeah. from what I always remember is Freddie Roach always shows up two three weeks before a fight. Just to see how he's doing. So, if I'm Manny, so, if I'm Manny, so basically, Boo Boy trains him. Boo Boy's a trainer. So if I'm Man, if I'm Manny and I'm looking at, I'm trying to save money. Why am I paying this guy to show up here? I love Freddie to death, but why am I paying him to show up here just to see me do the bits? I'm already doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and I can pay Boo Boy half of what I pay Freddie right now. I'm paying Freddie a lot. I can pay Boo yeah. Boy less money. That motherfucker don't even know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. uh, Boo Boy is content. He's content. I mean, I can give Boo Boy this much money. While I gotta give Freddie more, I can save myself that money and give it to Boo Boy. Yeah, he's he's been he's been training with me all my life, and he's been by my side when I've been with Freddie Roach. He must have learned something from Freddie Roach while he was there. So I mean, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Uh, who knows where he's gonna go with? Uh, again, uh, it's weird if. Freddie's not going to be with him no more because, you know, he's been training it since, I think, 2001. So, it'll be very weird. It'd be weird, but not, uh, no, nah, it's not weird. It's, uh, it's kind of what boxing is. I mean, we've seen boxers train with the same, box with, train with the same trainer forever, and then, I don't know, we're saying, hey, uh, we're splitting up. We're going to do our own thing. You know, and we've seen in boxing numerous times, you know, when they leave and then they end up coming back or, yeah. you know, so this might be a thing. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe this is like a one. Well, th- before I forget, this is not the first time that Randy Pacquiao's fought without Freddie Roach. Really? Yeah. Freddie was in, in Puerto Rico training Oscar De La Hoya for his Mayweather fight. Uh, and then I think, uh, I don't think. A couple weeks uh, after the Mayweather Mayweather Oscar fight, Freddie Roach heard that Manny fought, Manny Pacquiao was gonna fight, mm-hmm. and he fought in the Alamo Dome in a, a top ranked pay per view. I forget against I forget the name. If any fans remember who Manny Pacquiao fought, uh, without Freddie Roach, hey, uh, if you can answer that question, we'll probably see what kind of promotion we can give you guys for the show. Um, but yeah, he fought without Freddie Roach before. He won. I think he won like an eighth round knock TKO. Wow. I gotta look up the fight. I'll probably send it to you when I find it. But it's not. It's not. It's not surprising that that he has fought without Freddie Roach. He fought without him. Supposedly that Manny Pacquiao felt disrespected because at that time, um, Oscar De Hoya was suing Manny Pacquiao for that little bullshit move that he did by saying that, "Oh yeah, I'll sign with you. Give, give me, give me the money. I'll sign with you." Yeah. And then it said something the top rank. So I guess so uh, Manny took it as like, what the fuck, bro? You know I'm beefing with him. You know that he's suing me. Why are you training him? Well, for that, fuck you. Then I'm going I'm to fight and, you know, you don't have time to train me. Fuck it. I, I got Boo Boy to train me then. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it's it's been done before. It's been yeah. done before. So this isn't new. This isn't new for, for, the, for the Pac-Man to train without Freddy. It's just... New right now that we're looking at it like for the casual fans are like oh my god they're splitting up 
if you're a boxing head and like me and others who are like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember, you're gonna remember that trip uh, that Pacquiao and uh, Freddie had at least one fight without each other. So it's it's been done before. Hey. It's been done before. So I don't know that air right there. I was like, so <laughs> Mr. Brian, you usually get the last 10, 20 minutes of the show. We've talked about my adventures at the press conference. Uh, oh shit. A, hold on. Before I even start now. Uh, at the press conference, I, I I knew about this, but they confirmed it. That uh, Canelo is the A-side of this fight. His Make name is first. first. He will come out last. Even though he's a lineal champion, he will come out last. And that they're saying that the Madison Square Garden offered twice as much money as the T-Mobile Arena. But Canelo Alvarez was uh, very explicit in saying that I don't want to fight at MSG. I want the fight at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Wow. That he said that either you fight in Vegas or we don't have a fight. He's basically what Todd DeBuff said. And they said, well, why? how come? I mean, we're getting, we're being offered twice as much more money to fight out here than to fight in Vegas. But you want it in Vegas. So, and then that's what he said, but we had to do it. Um, he goes, I asked Triple G. Triple G said, just book the fight. Doesn't matter, just book the fight. We'll go back to Vegas, that's fine. Book the fight, and he also said that, without saying it, Canelo is the A-side. Mm-hmm. You know, his face are on the posters. It's, the the pay-per-view is Canelo, Triple G. Hashtag Canelo, Triple G. It's not Triple mm-hmm. G, Canelo. Um, he will he'll be announced last. Triple G will be announced first. So basically... It'll the roles are reversed. Uh, Canelo will be the kind of like have the champion's role, and Triple G is the contender role. Wow. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I don't know if I want to say that's sort of being a diva. You think? Uh, probably. I think so, but I mean, I I don't remember. I don't, I don't think Floyd ever did something like that. Diva moves? Yeah. Well, it was always Mayweather first. Uh, when he fought Robert Guerrero, no, well, technically it was a non-title fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, technically, Mayweather has never been champ- never been without a title. No, I mean, I, I do remember when he fought Cotto. I remember he did. I think he went for he went in first. And I think he was also called in first. Well, te- yeah, and it was mayweather Cotto. The promotion, the promotion was on the ace. Yeah, so I'm in my show, but I will respect you as a champion. I respect you, and, and I feel like Canelo was like, "Oh fuck that!" I he literally pulled the "I'm the A side." I come out last, and I am announced last. Even though you're just the lineal champion. You're just the lineal champion. That's the impression I'm getting from him. Well, if he is, is it kind of a psychological thing that he needs to feel like, "Oh, I'm in power." I'm in power. That could be too. Yeah. I mean, again, he's, he's, that's the impression. Yeah, he, he's showing. Like, I'm, I'm empowered. I'm the one, you know, to decide where we fight, when we fight. It's, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's well, it's, the, always, the it's, always, right it's always been Canelo's call to make this fight. What was that? It's always been Canelo, Canelo's uh, decision whether this fight gets made or not. I know that hey, we... Whatever. 
Like, what was this? Is, uh, is his call? Yeah, it, it's always been on Canelo whether this fight should have been made or not. Two years ago, he he could have made this fight. Two years ago, he didn't make it. The when he when this fight ended, the rumors were we were gonna we were gonna wait until next September, which this year, mm-hmm. and he was gonna fight either Gabe Rosado or the winner, or David Lemieux if he beat uh, Billy Joe Sanders. People were saying, "Fuck Gabe Rosado!" No disrespect, I took a picture with the man. Uh, nobody wants to see that fight. They said, and well, David Lemieux lost. So you're gonna fight Billy Joe Sanders? No, I'm just gonna fight Triple G next. Fuck it. And basically, that's what happened. Basically, your, happened. your options were kind of like either Lemieux, well, he lost, and embarrassingly, so it makes no sense to fight him, no. or Gabe Rosado. No, nobody wants to see that fight. No. It makes no sense. Why don't you just fight Triple G? Why wait until September? So it's always been in Canelo's hands whether the fight should be made. And I think maybe he's he's showing Triple G, we're fighting because I say so. So if I say so, I'm walking last. This pay-per-view will be built Canelo to Gennady Golovkin. I will be called last. I will have the A side, uh, the perks, and you will enjoy it and you will learn to love it. Yeah. And if you don't, the door's right there. Fuck MSG. I don't care if they offered us two, two, twice as much money. We're fighting in Vegas. Take it or leave it. That's true. So it's always the again. That's the attitude he was giving. Yeah. It could be maybe uh, uh, trying to play. Psychological warfare, warfare, but uh, I, I don't know where where he's going with this, and I feel like he should have had that fucking attitude two years ago. Well, he did. It was kind of more of the we're gonna fight in Canelo weight, one fifty five. Oh yeah. And he tried to use the Mayweather excuse. Well, you said you're willing to come down for Mayweather. Why not me? Mm-hmm. And and no one no one bit it no one no everyone uh, people were of course saying well yeah that's true, but nobody really took took it into like oh, okay yeah. because when Canelo opened his mouth saying well I'm willing to move down to one fifty two to fight Mayweather, okay it came out of your fucking mouth bro it came out of your mouth that you're gonna fight Mayweather and Mayweather made you stick to it so when the fight got announced and people said it's a catchweight people were like well it makes sense this fucker opened his mouth people accepted mm-hmm. Canelo moving down in weight. People didn't accept Triple G because we all knew physically Canelo was a 160-pounder who kept not wanting to move up for some apparent reason. Mm-hmm. So we knew that. So it wasn't acceptable to hear, no, we'll fight at 155. Why, man? We know you can't make 154. Just move up to middleweight already. Yeah. Fuck this catchweight bullshit. Just move up to middleweight. Uh, well, as long as he trying to, I guess, kind of drain him. If the fight did happen, it was the idea that I guess drain Triple G to one fifty five. And it didn't happen, and they fought, and we saw what happened, and we're going to see him May fifth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and as the fight as as this, this fight progresses and it gets closer and closer, you guys will be getting a more of our predictions, our thoughts, our opinions, our feelings about this fight. Uh, so far, you heard today my thoughts and opinions of last night's press conference. Uh, we talked about Lomachenko and his greatness. We talked about a lot about boxing, and I like I said before I interrupted my train of thought in the last segment. I like I was saying right now. Usually, Brian, I like to give you the last part of the show to do what you do best is to talk some fucking wrestling. <laughs> Why can't you people understand that that kind of wrestling isn't real? It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> okay. 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 Okay.
sports most definitely I, I do right now, especially that uh, what happened last Sunday at the uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, everyone saw the uh, this segment with Ronda Rousey. She she finally now signed, signed a contract with the WWE, and it went it went exactly what I thought. Uh, I knew I knew she wasn't she wasn't that good on the mic, which is something she needs to really work on. And of course, with any contract signing, whatever, uh, it was always going to end something big. There was something drama was going to happen. So, to me, it, it was it wasn't that great. And I don't think nobody expected that to be that fucking great. But I thought the best thing that happened uh, that contract signing was when Kurt Angle started opening his mouth. It's just snitched on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. I think that was the only great part about that contract signing. And it looks like we're leading into a Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Seth McMahon at WrestleMania. I can't say much about that because I wasn't expecting anything big. Uh, if it was me, I probably would have booked her a one-on-one match. But you know, it, it, it is what it is, and I, I again, I can't say much about that. Uh, I've said in the beginning, I I wasn't that interested in her joining with you know with the company. Uh, I knew she's gonna have trouble with being on the mic. Do you think they? Sh- do you think they should stick up Paul Heyman, or somebody that can talk for her? Maybe, maybe because it, yeah, it was a, it was a, again, uh, if you if you didn't watch it, watch it, and you you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, she definitely needs to work, you know, that <clears> mic. <throat> uh, it's it's interesting because you have a former UFC fighter right entering the WWE and you have uh, another UFC fighter uh, now leaving the WWE. Possibly. Yeah, because this contract expires after. Oh, uh, so Brock Lesnar. We're talking about Brock Lesnar. Yeah. His contract expires after WrestleMania. Yes, his contract expired right after WrestleMania, and Matt, uh, nobody knows. Exactly what happened on Monday, uh, because on Sunday, remember they're in Vegas. The chamber review was in Vegas, and Brock Lesnar took a picture with uh, Daniel White. Yeah. And I remember. Uh, so that happened, right? The picture came out, and on Raw, they advertised a face-off between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. That never happened, by the way. Oh. And. That's where you heard. I remember uh, Roman Reigns cut this pipe great bomb. Promo, by the way, this yeah, pipe bomb is the uh, rest. That's what rest of say. By the way, Punk despise that word now. Uh, <laughs> uh, nobody knows exactly why Brock didn't show up. No one knows if this is a work or if it was or if it was WWE's you know way of saying that we're not happy that you took a picture of Dana White, so you're not coming in. Or this is Brock Lesnar saying that, you know, well, you guys are not giving me, I guess, what I want in my contract, so fuck you guys. No, this is Brock Lesnar doing what Brock Lesnar wants. And I think that's the case. I think Brock Lesnar says, I don't want to show up. And I think it has something to do with the uh, with, with the new contract. I heard Triple H and Stephanie are negotiating with that. Not What's up, Vince? Oh. Which, uh, a very quick thing, yeah, lately I'm reading that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are the, are the ones that are now taking, uh, taking care of the contract negotiations. They took care of Ronda Rousey, yeah. and now I'm hearing Triple H is right now negotiating with Brock Lesnar. It's not Vince McMahon anymore right now. 
negotiating with Brock Lesnar. So do you think we? Do you think Brock Lesnar leaves? I think he leaves. Uh, I saw a video. I don't know if I did tag you. I saw a video. Uh, they someone interviewed Dana White and they asked him what are the chances of Brock Lesnar coming back to uh, UFC. And he says very very much likely. He says. Wow. I think he goes very 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 much. He goes very much likely. Yeah. So I mean. So. So. Brock Lesnar's contract with WWE is about to expire after WrestleMania. Yeah. He's only negotiating with uh, Triple H and Stephanie. And Dana White just came out saying it is very, very, very much likely he will return back to the UFC's heavyweight division. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants. That, that was the catchphrase from Paul Heyman. Um, what do you think? Do you think he? you think he's using the UFC to negotiate? You think he's trying to make Triple H, force Triple H to give him a better contract? I think so. I think he's trying to see how much he can pump up <laughs> Triple H, you know. How much he can get out of the, you know, of this new contract, you know. He's trying to see, all right, let's see how bad they really want me. How much money they're, they're going to throw at me. Well, I, I mean, think that's the case. You're not, you're not. I really think that's the case. Me, in my opinion, uh, yeah, I really hope he leaves. I was about to say right now, I mean, because I heard the Roman Reigns promo. You only show up when you want to. Mm-hmm. You you have a basically a legends contract, way better legends contract than even legends get. Yeah. And I mean, you said it yourself. He holds a he holds an, uh, his title hostage. It's a hostage, you know. You don't get yeah, to basically. see. Yeah, you don't see him every day. You know, and I follow this guy on on Instagram, and I mean, his opinion is different. I remember I I heard it. He says that he thinks that. It's a great idea to have the champion not to be on the show every week because it gets boring. He says that's how it was back in the old days when Bruno San Martino was a champion or when Hulk Hogan. And I'm just like, yeah, again, like, I I respect his opinion. I know that's how it was back in the day. But for me, you know, uh, I mean, they can, like, take at least a week off from television. But I, I just don't like how they take three months, four months. Off and you don't see a champion. You know, I um, if I put my if I'm putting my wrestling promoters no, hat yeah. or my writers hat on for because you know I used to me and you used to dabble in our little wrestling promotions we used to do. Yeah. If yeah. I'm if I'm a writer and I'd be like, look, how can we again? This is Brock Lesnar, so you really can't do it, with Brock Lesnar. But maybe you can. Uh, if let's say for example, you get a wrestler and he has a type of contract where he or from now on, you're going to do wrestlers. They're going to be, you know, you're a champion. You only show up on certain house shows and all the live and all TV tapings. I would do it like this. Like, tell the wrestler, look, uh, you're going to live like the champion. So once in a while, I need you to post stuff on Instagram that shows, hey, the heavyweight champion of the world. I ain't got to do shit. I'm, I'm lounging it in my pool. I'm, or, or take a picture driving in your Bugatti with the heavyweight championship of the world. In your driver in the passenger seat, promote it, promote yourself. And once in a while, WWE send the cameras and do a vignette, you know, of you doing some shit. Like, for example, be like, hey, Brock, uh, you know, we did, we need to remind the fans that you're still the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. So, do you mind if we send cameras to your house? And all we need you to do is hunt. Just walk out with your shotgun and your fucking camouflage and act like you're gonna go hunting. There we go, exactly, yeah. And remind fans, like, oh, shit, what the fuck is Brock? So while the WWE universe continues on and hoping we get a number one contender to 
to dethrone the champion. What is the champion doing? He ain't worried about nobody. He's he's hunting. You know? Do a little fucking vignette. How hard is it to do? Like, ask Brock. Like, look, Brock, you don't got to do nothing, bro. You gotta. You can dress how you want. All we need to do is show that you don't give a fuck what's happening in yeah. the WWE Universe. You, you're the heavyweight champ. You don't got no worries. No, you're just, really you're just waiting for the next challenge. For the next challenger for your throne. That's it. You ain't watching shit. You don't care about the network, which he actually doesn't, which makes it even better because this nigga don't care about nothing. Yeah. So, just fucking... <laughs> Hey, act like you don't care. Get in your fucking, get in your doom buggy, head to there, and just start, you know, like, act like you're hunting, act like you're shooting shit. Be Brock Lesnar, but just be Brock Lesnar on camera. You know? No, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm just tired of that. Again, he, he's never there, and it, just, it makes you, it almost, like, makes you forget. Like, oh, shit, there is a chance. Or a workout, or do a workout. Like, hey, Brock, because he has a gym in his house. Be like, hey, yeah. Brock. Do you mind if we do some? Do we mind if we take cameras and videotape you just training intense, like doing that beast mode shit, and just remind folks that you're still the champion and remind them that while they're fighting, they're wrestling every night, you're out here training and waiting for the next guy to challenge your fucking title. There we go. Do exactly. That. That's see if if they did something like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't be much complaining about Brock Lesnar really. Yeah, because you can tell. Okay, he's keeping himself occupied. Like, imagine if they were to do that for a guy like Ric Flair. Like, hey, Rick, disappear for three months, but once in a while we're going to do vignettes and just be Ric Flair. You can be, like, boozing it up, like, ah, oh, limousine riding, jet flying, space mountain, all that. Fuck, that'd be the best fuck. And do it on Instagram. Like, post Instagram memes of you with the title. You know, you got, mm-hmm. you know, you in the title belt in a bed with 50 women and shit like that. Oh, fuck, do something. But that, again, this is where I'm looking at it from the outside because I'm not a wrestling fan, but... If you're a wrestling fan die hard and I just gave you a way to make the title interesting or at least make the champion still relevant and not wait until okay well he's supposed to show up mm-hmm. so but my original question is do you think he's gonna go to the UFC or he comes back because I don't know UFC well first of all the last time he went to the UFC he won yes but he tested positive for steroids mm-hmm. now if he was to come back to the UFC a little bit that I know, he would have to go into the USADA, the USADA testing, which means 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you get a knock. Mr. Lesnar, need you to piss in this cup. Well, I'm not fighting. I don't give a fuck. You're tested year long, sir. You need to piss in this cup. And we need to take a blood sample. So do you, or do you say the WWE... Where you get paid a salary for the full year, you only do house shows, a couple house shows, a couple TV tapings, and pay per view, and you still and you get the lounge in your house, or do you go to the UFC and you're gonna go fight guys like Stipe Miocci, who's right now the reigning heavyweight champion of the world, who I think will beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, you're gonna make quick money, but I mean, you're gonna put yourself in harm. I mean, I don't think anybody that I mean. Brock Lesnar will bring faces back to the UFC, but I don't think he'll be heavyweight champion of the world again. I don't know. I feel like maybe he he probably did save up. He probably, you know, save up a lot of fucking money that he can just, you know, live off of the rest of his life. And he probably wants to do maybe a couple fights in the UFC. And I think he probably comes with a career. I think he might do something like that. Yeah. So you think he leaves? You know, he'll be like, I, I, I fuck you, WWE, I'm out. 
Fuck you, Hunter. Fuck you. I'm out. You guys don't want to work with me. Fuck you. Dana White can sign me to a three-fight contract. And I'm done. Because he can... Dana White can sign him to a three-fight contract. Mm-hmm. As long... And UFC contracts are more like... As long as you do the three fights. There's no timeline. You owe me three fights. Three fights and that's how much I'm paying you. For each fight. And that's how, ah. mo- that's how many pay-per-view points you're going to get. Mm-hmm. It can be like that. Exactly. Hey, three fights? Okay, I don't have to fight... I, I can... Fight one time and then fight next year like a Mayweather. Fight every year. Fight once each fight so I can fight in three years. Oh yeah, exactly. And then make a but, couple, and make a couple bucks off, make a couple come a million dollars off that. I can see that. I can see your point. Yeah, that's why I say I really do hope he leaves because uh, most of his fights is just lackluster. I don't see nothing, you know, a big deal. This guy, he has a look, but. His matches again is just it's it's not great. It's not it's not a classic match you will see. He hasn't had a classic match against CM Punk. That was the last time he had a great match. I think that's when he cared. I don't think he cares anymore. No, he doesn't care anymore. No, no, no. That's why I say I hope he leaves. Uh, I'm still waiting for somebody to make that belt. You know, the to look important because to me, I look at it as like, it doesn't look important. And for Brock to only defend it, you know, a couple. Just once every like three four months, it it's, it means nothing. I mean, other people might look at it differently, but I look at it as like this is this is nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's not like the WWE title. It means nothing. And I'm waiting for somebody to make that belt look really good. And I'm that's why I'm hoping Roman Reigns can do that. I'm hoping when he wins it, most likely he will he will make that championship, you know, look pretty good. Fuck Roman Reigns. And it's funny, uh, it's, it laughs that he gets so much heat right now. He won He won the chamber match, so he's not the number one contender for Lesnar's you know, title at WrestleMania. And people really got outraged. People were just like saying that, oh, I'm just going to cancel the, you know, the WWE Network. I laugh. I, I, they saw this coming. We all saw this coming last year. They said that this, this is a match that happened at WrestleMania. And people are still bitching, complaining about this. I'm not a huge fan of Roman Reigns. I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But I do like him to see him in the ring. He's pretty good in the ring. So, I don't see too much of the hate back. I can kind of understand it because they're shoving, you know, shoving him down his throat. Just the same way they did with John Cena. But I think, you know, it's probably a little worse this time. That's just my opinion. But... Again, I, I just I, I laughed at that. Um, again, we we all saw this coming. Stop, stop fucking complaining and just just deal with it, roll with it. The only thing I do have a problem is that I I, I don't like the idea that it might go last. That match might go last at WrestleMania, and I don't like the idea because what? this is the fourth time, fourth straight WrestleMania he's gone into the main event. Really? And yes. And I, yeah, and they weren't that great. They weren't that great at all. And I think that's what really bothers me. That's what upsets me. Like, they weren't that great. First time he fought Lesnar at WrestleMania 31 wasn't that great. The next year he fought Triple H wasn't that great. Fans just shitting on that match. And then he fought The Undertaker the, the next year. It wasn't that great. You can tell Taker, you know, he he was done. And now this year again, Brock, against Brock Lesnar. So again, I don't like that idea that he, he most likely probably will go last. But 
again, I just, I laugh. I laugh at the people that are just completely angry, just go nuts, go crazy for this guy because, you know, he's he's, he's not going to, to the main event of WrestleMania and they act like they, they didn't see that coming. Mm. So, uh, that's what we really got to say. I was hoping Rollins wins because Rollins on the roll right now, which I heard that he, he might, uh, he might be facing Reigns right after WrestleMania and turning a heel. So I'm glad about that. I'm very happy uh, that's going to happen. Oh, I hope it happens. Again, this is what you know they say on the internet, so I'm not believing it 100%. But I really do hope they start pushing this guy. Because Rollins deserved this big push since he came back from injury two years ago. Hmm? So. Exactly. All I got to say is I don't give a fuck because I'm a CM Punk fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of him, man, I do want to bring this. I don't know if you heard that he's making these, like, yeah, he was saying these things about well, like he possibly might, you know, be in this Ring of Honor pay per view. Yeah. Might join the Bullet Club. Do you know how much money these fuckers are? Go to Hot Topic, dude. The Bullet Club merchandise, mm-hmm. Bullet Club wristband, Bullet Club T-shirts, headbands, Bullet Club socks. Mm-hmm. The motherfuckers are out there. I yeah. mean, they're, I think what they're thinking about selling out an arena. They already do they bingo. Should. They already do bingo halls. And they're yeah. like, you know, what? fuck. I think we're big enough. We can do a, we can do an arena. Fuck it. And you get exactly. and you can probably sell out that arena if you put a big name like uh, the return of CM Punk. If he decides to be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna go back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't gotta rest for the WWE. And look at uh, I mean, I don't follow wrestling, but. Chris Jericho going to uh, New Japan and finding uh, fucking Mr. Omega. Kenny, Kenny Omega, yeah. Hey, that, that was hyped up, and that wasn't even a WWE match. No. And you have you have people talking about it. So yeah, CM Punk is CM Punk is looking at like, well, I can probably go. People, CM Punk be like, I can go back and do this, do what I love. You know, maybe I don't know, but like I said, I don't give a fuck because I'm a CM Punk fan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is the longest episode we're going into right now. We're almost breaking the two-hour mark, sir. Yeah. We said this was yeah. going to be a long episode because I had to talk about my adventures. We had to talk about our picks. But ramble about fucking boxing and the politics that happened and shit. Uh, you had your shot with the wrestling, which is great because you were one of the... I feel one of the... I have a good mind for the sport. Uh, it's not a sport to me. For sports entertainment, you have a good mind for it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna throw in the towel because I'm a little tired. Yeah. Like I said, I've been up. Uh, I've been only had four hours of sleep. Been up. Been working for nine hours, and still came here. Uh, I did the intro for you for your new for the new wrestling segment. Mm-hmm. And I love that, by the way. Thank you. No problem, man. I'm not throwing the towel, man. I'm fucking tired. I'm gonna go eat a sandwich. I'm gonna go lay in bed. Mm-hmm. Me too, man. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you look I'm tired for today. Yeah, you look I'm tired. tired. It's, it's... I like this way that we can talk. I feel like we physically see each other better. No, yeah, exactly. This I think it's better. a whole lot better, really, because uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like um, more. I guess a bit more energetic. I don't know if I want to say that word, but yeah, it, this feels better. It feels a lot better. I can see you uh, and talk about this. Yeah, so we can see your facial expressions and be like, "Oh, you're full of shit." Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but no, again, uh, again, it's uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, what's gonna happen now in the next few weeks uh, of wrestling. So yeah, I, I I don't know what's gonna happen with John. 
You know, there's a speculation Cena with Undertaker, but again, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see what's gonna happen. What's gonna unfold? Ray Mysterio might come back, and yeah, I don't know if you heard about that. Then again, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, I about to say right now, I don't give a fuck about those guys. Yeah, I care less about John. I care less about Ray. I don't care about Phil Brooks. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna see him. Yeah. I'm gonna see him, Punk Man. But all right, um. So next week, uh, you'll give me your schedule so we'll know when the fuck we can do the show. Mm-hmm. And hope. Yeah, for sure. Fuck happened. Who knows? Are you gonna I'm down. Day before the podcast, pop. No, not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to thank the fans who download the download the show. Uh, I also thank the fans who on Instagram we got a hundred followers. Now we got a hundred mm-hmm. plus followers. I do want to thank these guys. Uh. I did hear uh, people, when I was out in the, at the press conference, I had a lot of people like my shirt. Uh, a lot of people commented on my shirt. They liked it. Uh, just give you guys a, an update. We're still working on the merchandise. We're working on how to have it, how to give it to you guys, how everything's going to work out. So we're still talking to the distributor. We're still working on that right now. If uh, any, like I said, any questions on that, just shoot us a DM. Uh, we're always open. Mr. B-Ray's here on B-Ray89 on Instagram, so you can always chit-chat about your wrestling with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruckus Boxing Cypher on Instagram, we're always there. Same thing, you can find us at uh, ruckus.boxing.cypher.podcast at uh, gmail.com. You, you, guys know, yeah, you guys already know how to download us because we're already going, we're doing good on downloads. Um, you know this, I, I update you every time, Brian. But... Again, I want to thank the fans for keeping us, uh, keeping us fl- afloat, keeping the float. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you mean you guys? I mean, are really helping us, man. Again, I mean, again, it's uh, slowly but surely. But uh, again, we're really glad that you guys are still sticking with us. And again, thank you very much. And uh, again, like we want to hear your feedback. Tell us, you know, what do you want to hear from the show? What, what do you think we need to improve? Let us know, and we will get back to you. Like, we really will. We we want to make the show, you know, the best that we can. We want to make it the number one show. Just like Remy Alcoholics is one of the best alcoholic podcasts yeah. right now. I, I, and which is true, which is true. I'm not talking shit. It's one I consider one of the best. One of the, I think in the, in, it's in the top six best alcoholic podcasts Yeah. right now. Uh, hopefully this is one of them. We have a we have a big ladder to climb, but uh, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read a little bit of what you texted me last night, uh, because this goes into what um, yesterday my adventures at the press conference. Uh, I was texting the pictures, I was texting a video, and you texted me back saying, "Very um, nice man, fucking nice." I hope our podcast uh, keeps continues going the way we're going, because the dream for us is able to able to go to these press conference and go see these fights. I feel that's true. Um, I text the I text the guys are rambling about this. Are you still on? Oh, there I see. You. I'm still here, man. I text the guys are rambling about this, and I I rather I've told you this face to face today, well, face to screen. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, and it wasn't for you, Brian, doing this podcast with me, and Escaleto and TTB Chubs doing the podcast with me, and the fans who download and support us. I would have not been able to have done what I did last night and go to this press conference. And if we continue rolling the way we're rolling, we want to bring you guys the exclusives. You know, hopefully, 
Brian's a big wrestling fan. Hopefully one day Brian can go to a WrestleMania and interview fucking wrestlers or just be a WrestleMania cover it and be like, hey, I was at WrestleMania. I saw this. I saw this. And, mm-hmm. and or, or me being at the big fights or we or us being at the big fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only thanks because of the fans. And because of you, Brian, Miss Cass, you know, TTV Chubbs, Escaleto, and the rest of the fucking rambling crew, that we're here where we are now, and I feel that 2018 is a is a good year. We just did the press conference. Uh, I don't want to say this now, but I'll say it. Um, Salsa is working on possibly getting me a ticket to the fight. Nice. So I might be at, I might be in Vegas, may not be. I will keep you guys updated, but it's only because thanks to you guys. And thanks to other people who have, who are pioneers in in podcasting, especially in the sports part in the sports department, that me and Brian and me and Brian are able to do what we're doing right now. So I know this is a big fucking rant. I know that I go, oh, we're gonna be done. We're done. We're done. The reason I'm talking is because I honestly want to break the record because we now are officially at two and fucking hours onto the podcast. <laughs> so I just wanted to fucking talk to let people know we're two hours in. No, I mean like I, I, I mean. They gotta understand. I mean, this is this is something we, we talked about doing. I think the last year or two. I remember you you talked about this. You said you wanted to do a podcast about boxing because you know so much about boxing. And you know, since I, I love it too, and I'm a student of the game, and and this is great. And when I found out you were going to be at the press conference, I remember thinking, man, this is this is basically this is this is your WrestleMania moment. I said, because <laughs> <laughs> for a boxing fan, I said uh, he's a bigger boxing fan than me. And I was like, for him going there, I said, that's a, that's a WrestleMania moment for him because for me, as a big wrestling fan, that's the main goal, to go to WrestleMania and experience that. So again, very happy you you experience you you, you experience that, and, uh, and hopefully I can get to experience the same thing very soon. Yeah, fuck yeah, man! I keep going, let's keep doing our thing. You know, let's grow. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like I said, just let us know what we can improve because we will not fucking stop. We will not stop. Can't you know, stop. One stop. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop. Boom stop. I need you to go get some Cambodian milk. Breast milk. It's my breast milk. You made my day. Need to go get me a sugar cookie, man. Sugar cookie, man. Oh, yeah, sugar cookie. <laughs> so but yeah, again, I'm I'm very happy, and I do hope you get to. To get to see the fight in person because I get that would be another huge moment for this show. It, it really, really would for the entire for the entire fucking podcast and for it'd be big for rambling. It'd be big mm-hmm. for us. It'd be big for everybody. For me, the thing what I like is if it, if we can all go. But hey, I can't be picky. If I can get a ticket, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna wrap. The, I'm gonna go wrap the Ram Alcoholics and go wrap uh, uh, Ruckus Boxing Cipher at the same time. But uh, yeah, like I said again. I'm fucking beat. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. I'm fucking. I'm fucking. I'm late sandwich. I'm gonna go to bed. Uh, I gotta go to work tomorrow. I got a meeting. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do got a full time job, just like you. You have a full time job. Yeah. I would love to make this my full time job because I would be everywhere today. But okay, who knows, man? That might happen in the future. You never know. That so, this could be our full full time right, job. I'm gonna quit my job and tell my wife to support me. Why podcast <laughs> and go to boxing gyms around <laughs> around Southern California and interview fighters. She goes, what did you do today? Oh, I went to Robert Garcia's boxing gym. What did you do? Did you get paid? No, I, I wasted my gas and I spent and I interviewed them for three hours. But I got to meet Mikey Garcia. 
Oh, and um, we're out of milk. <laughs> and we're, we're out of milk, baby. That's, that's the dream right there, guys. That's the, that's the, the fucking dream, dream, bitch. Fucking dream, fucking dream is to like, have like a Showtime, a Showtime show called the Ruckus Boxing Cipher, just like a Brendan Schaub has his own fucking show right now. That's my fucking dream. Like, hey, I want Showtime. I want HBO to be like, hey, we're tired of Jim Lampley. We want you to run the fight game starring Ruckus and B Ray. But fuck yeah, we're gonna give you boxing the way it's supposed to be. That's the dream. Not not fucking wasting gas to go interview these fighters. No, of course I want to, but if I'm not making any money out of it, it ain't a fucking dream. That ain't so very true, yeah. You know? I mean of course getting there, I, of course it does have to do with hard work, dedication and having to probably spend the long hours on the road interviewing fighters or spending your own personal money to fly to these fights and all that stuff. Of course, I'm not saying that I want it handed to me, but at the same time, I'm realistic. I'm doing what we're doing little by little. This is a podcast. It's not even a year old yet. This podcast is not even a year old yet. No, we're barely doing what we're doing right now, man. Fuck, man. I'm fucking done, yeah. man. You better, I, I, think, I think we better just call it, in, call it a night already. So... Uh, I am your host Ruckus. This is the Ruckus Boxing Cipher, episode nineteen, with my uh, my baby brother B Ray. B Ray, you wanna sign us out? Again, thank you, thank you for downloading for the show. And, and again, this is uh, a, a very big moment for for us for this show. Again, this is uh, I, I, I can just see it. I, I, again, I can just see that dream coming. But again, slowly but surely, and uh, again, please let us know what you think of this show. Uh, what we can improve. If you want to talk about boxing, let us know. You want to talk about don- to donkey shows? Again, let us know. And donkey shows. Mm-hmm. Animal erotica, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better right. We're signing out, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, all right, fuck off. Well, it's certainly been a night of surprises and tough action. None bigger than this. Maybe the biggest upset of this decade. You've worked so hard for all the things you have. The salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink. One to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives. Talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com.